Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mailfuzz TV. I am Peter, and unfortunately Matt is away on a trip this weekend, so uh, it's just me and Connor. Yeah, one day you'll say that without being so disappointed. <laughs> hey, to be fair, I introduced you and like lots of other stuff during the week, and I do not sound depressed on all those. It's just a running thing for this particular show. It is, it is. But it'd be nice to maybe get bumped up to second billing when Matt's not here. <laughs> Well, because I always say him first, so I always mention that he's not here, and then go to you. But you could just be like, I'm here, and oh, Matt's not, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but then that spoils that he's not here. So does you introducing that he's not here before he say I am anyway. I know, but that way they're finding out with me directly saying he's not here, whereas if I say you're here first, they go, oh, that means Matt's not there, and then they find out a second later. I'm, I'm sure they'll be horrified for that second. <laughs> Which means no difference for the video people, but for the audio people, there's suspense. Oh yeah, real suspense. I think I think of the audience first, that's all I'm saying. Create, create a story. <laughs> Alright, we talk about comics on this show. Uh, coming up on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Dark Knight's Rising, The Wild Hunt number one, uh, the, the one shot in between five and six of Metal, which, you know, came out this week and then we also have Detective Comics 974, Action Comics 997, Wonder Woman number 40, The Flash number 40, Supergirl 18, New Superman and the Justice League of China number 20, uh, we had the first issue of Sideways which is the next New Age of DC Heroes book, um, I will talk about Titans this month because it's the start of a new arc and just to sort of cover what happened in the end of the last arc because it seems fairly relevant for stuff that's coming up soon. In, the, in a broader spectrum. Uh, and then Connor will be doing his uh, Connor's Corner uh, for the month here, which is Red Hood and the Outlaws number 15. If you don't know why he's doing that, there is a tier on our Patreon uh, at the $30 tier to make Connor read a book of your choosing once a month. And David Short has been keeping Red Hood and the Outlaws going for a long-ass time now. So he's at issue 15 this month. You know, he, he took a point to remind me on Twitter this week oh, really? to which issue we were on. Because you know how I always ask you which yeah. issue? He tweeted me on like Thursday, going, "Hey, I know, I know you're due soon, so uh, it's issue 15." <laughs> yeah. There is. It is actually true that the week that he's doing it, he usually like a few days before the episode, like, "Hey, what issue are to them on?" Is if I'm meant to remember. Because <laughs> thing is, you do the timestamps, so you write it in. So I feel yeah. like you just have this vague recollection. But when you asked me, it's been like three and a half weeks since the last Red Hood where I did the timestamps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has. But I just feel like you, you might have some vague recollection anyway. And you never do, but one day you might. <laughs> uh, there's four slots that open, by the way. Potentially, that could, this could be happening every week for four different it people. It could, yeah. Uh, he's been lucky so far in that it's only been the one person, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, so that's all the books coming up. We have a little bit of news again to talk about. They've been quite fruitful with the news recently, actually. Uh, we also have the charts. We have January's charts to talk about. Uh, sales figures. Matt's not here to guess, unfortunately. Why are you looking at me like that? I was just trying, I'm trying to figure out what the news is. I, I don't remember any. So I'm just I'm just thinking to myself what it could be. Oh, you'll find out. I'll be any surprise for you. This is the thing. I don't know if this is something I, I've, I know and then have forgotten or if I just don't know. Yeah, there was no real DC movie news this week. Uh, There's a couple, a couple of Marvel tidbits. That traitor Bendis is writing a Kitty Pride movie. <laughs> he's meant to be with us now. <laughs> and he's writing Kitty Pride. Oh, dear. Uh. Oh, well. 
Worth mentioning, though, that's at Fox. It actually has nothing to do with Marvel directly, you know, in terms of the company. It's just... Yeah, he's, he's got a loophole. Yeah, it's a loophole so he can keep writing Katie Pride until that Disney deal goes through, in which case the whole thing comes crumbling down. Ah, but that's the thing. If, he, if he's already got the contract before that, yeah, uh, exclusivity won't apply. Uh, it depends. Like, do they have him, like, signed in for, like, a trilogy <laughs> so that he'll still be writing these movies for years? Mm, yeah, they might do. If they, if they put in an option to, get, to give him, you know, returning for X amount of movies. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. There's nothing to stop Disney when they get a hold of it going, no, we're mad at that prick. He left. He betrayed us. <laughs> I really think Disney gives a shit. <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. Uh, okay, so what, what, what do we have first? We have charts first. We have January's numbers. Um, they actually, the, the initial like percentages came out just before the show last week, but we actually, the, the, the bright spot of leaving it to the following episode does, we actually have the full list with all numbers, the sales figures. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, um, Alright, so in terms of percentages and stuff, just to quickly get that out of the way, uh, Marvel did beat DC in both share and uh, and dollar share and unit share this in January. Um, not by a lot, just pretty neck and neck as usual. Uh, dollar share Marvel was 34.3%, uh, DC was 33.8%, so 0.5%. I always expect Marvel to take more on the dollar share anyway, given that they have more books priced at 3.99. No, no, it makes sense. Uh, and then the unit share... Uh, oh no, DC won this. Sorry, uh, uh, this is this bad, this bad chart. They've got it in the same order, despite the fact that DC are higher on this column. I'm not <laughs> happy not about this. That's not bad charting. That's consistency. Mm. Anyway, yeah, DC won with 38.94 percent, and then Marvel had 36.69 percent. So a good two percent, uh, give or take. Which just uh, I think goes to show you just how much more the Marvel books cost. When, you know, yeah, they're point five percent higher in dollars, but uh, you know they're significantly lower than in in the units. I'll be interested to see when uh, some of the books go single shipping how this uh, shifts things. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I'd be curious. Uh, images number number three with 8.23% then you get IDW with 3.51 then Dark Horse at 1.27 and then everything else I'll be honest after Image nothing really matters at that point I don't know I, IDW and Dark Horse although Dark Horse I, I get that but once you're days. below 5% it's like eh whatever <laughs> I mean IDW and Dark Horse put out stuff I care about I mean once you go below, I mean Boom has Power Rangers I suppose and then I mean I don't even know where Archie lands on this but you know, I like a couple of Archie books Looks lower. Yeah, they're not in the top ten. Oh, here you go. The bottom one is other non-top ten. Five point seven one They're somewhere in that mix. Oh, okay. Uh, good I'm, for them. I'm, I'm actually not going to lie. I'm surprised there's enough in the other to make up 5%. I really am. That's actually quite a significant amount, considering that, you know, the That tells you how there. many little publishers there are pushing out little books every week. Yeah, it does, yeah. I mean, what have you got? Um... What's even in there? Well, I mean, the rest of this top ten, we got Boom, Dynamite, Viz Media, Titan Comics, and Oni Press. So you've got Archie left. 215. 215. What's that one that did the John Carpenter sci-fi anthology one? Because that was like one I'd never heard of. Oh, I'm not sure. you got uh, Aftershock. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of the smaller ones. Yeah. Hard to keep up with. I'm amazed they're still keeping business to be honest with, with numbers like these Valiant oh yeah I feel like they were probably on top 10 for a long time until recently when things started to yeah, no you're right that. like a year year and a half ago I feel like I was seeing them everywhere and yeah. now kind of just 
Nowhere. I had a big relaunch and now they seem doomed. Alright, so... You, you told me not to make you guess because Matt's not here and it's no fun. Well, but it's, I don't need to guess the first one. It's Doomsday Clock. But yeah, it's, that, re- it's really obvious. Uh, yeah. The Doomsday Clock number three uh, had 157,000 uh, copies sold. Uh, number two is also pretty obvious. Uh, uh, a Batman issue? No. Metal? Yeah, there you go. DC's other event. Uh, okay. Uh, it's no- basically a Batman. Uh, Metal number five with 149,000 issues. Uh, that's the only two books that are over 100,000. Uh, number three and four are Batman, 38 and 39, uh, with 98 and 94,000 respectively. Uh, number five is The Walking Dead, 175 with 82,000. I feel like it's been a while since I've seen that in the top ten, but I guess 175 is a no, milestone issue. Uh, what I think is interesting about that, though, or the best part about that, is that I saw Robert Kirkman tweet out this week uh, that he outsold like in January every single Marvel book, including their big Avengers weekly event, and he's been smug about it because back in like two thousand eight, Marvel told him he you know he, he didn't have a future. Oh no, you're you're gonna crash and burn. No, credit to him. He should be smug about that. Oh I no, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I, I, I enjoyed the tweet. <laughs> I think even, uh, I mean, he's ahead of most DC books. To be fair, he deserves mm. to be smug because he's done that. Pretty much on his own in terms of the marketing and you know and building the brand. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think Walking Dead's a bit long in the tooth. Uh, I mean, I've not read it since about a hun- issue one hundred and four-ish. I think the last one I read was a hundred. Yeah, I read because a hundred was in the middle of an arc. I finished that arc and I've not read since. And I didn't not like mm. it. It was just uh, you know I, I think I read those hundred issues over over like a year. So I read them really condensed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Uh, and I enjoyed it when I was reading that. Uh, I think the show, more than anything else, put me off reading more of it because I it really did hated for the me show. As well, yeah, I mean, he's got Invincibles coming to an end very soon. Yeah, yeah. Which um, is also in the big numbers. Uh, but he's got a new book starting in the next couple of weeks, new sci-fi book, which sounds all right. Yeah, I think uh, Invincible. I think it's ending around 150 or something like that. Something. Up, that sounds about right. Something up there. Yeah. So uh, he's, 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 he's stuck to his two big books, and he's really rode them out and who knows when Walking Dead's going to end he's going to melt that cow forever let's get into at least 200 oh at this point yeah yeah um, I'd, I'd, I'd put money on 250 uh, yeah could be uh, speaking of Marvel though number 6 is Avengers 675 which was the first of the weekly No Surrender story that's the 16 part thing building up to their did, did, their did you keep up with that I know you read the first one I read the first two. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry <laughs> so that's a no is what you're saying I just I didn't really like the second edition. And, like I'm hearing people who really like it, and that's great. You know, love it, love it all you, you want. I just I don't know. I, it wasn't grabbing me. Uh, well, you know, and that's the thing. I am probably more positive now in Marvel than I have been a while because I'm really enjoying all new Wolverine, X Men Red. Like you know, I really like that issue. X Men Red so. start. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so uh, first week of the, the month last week. Oh, cool. That was good. I liked it. Uh, so that, yeah, but it's worth mentioning just just for curiosity's sake, though. So that was the first part of the sixteen week big thing, big, big lead up to the relaunch. So that's number six with seventy nine thousand. Let's see where uh, six seven six, the next issue of that came in for a laugh, shall we? Oh please! Yeah, just, you haven't control F. This. I'm going to control F. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's always a good sign. It came in at number 36. Ooh, that's a painful drop. With 39,000, which is less than half of the copies of the the, the previous issue. Uh, So, you know, I think that's their variance and whatnot, beefing up that first one as well as just, you know, interest because it's the first part. 
Yeah, but... retailers banking on, hey, this is a new thing. Yeah. Uh, number seven is Batman White Knight. Number four was 73,000. Number eight is Amazing Spider-Man Venom Inc. Omega. God, I hate that. What a mouthful. Uh, 62,000 that was. And then number nine, somehow, Batman and the Signal number one. I guess if you put Batman in the title, <laughs> it'll sell the damn thing regardless of what it actually is. Uh, that sold 62,000. And then number 10 was Old Man Hawkeye number one with 57,000. Okay. And I think it's funny that there's no Star Wars in the top 10, but 11, 12, and 13 are all Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Star-, Star Wars books have been pretty good lately, though. Take word for it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I get why they're not as consistently hot selling because uh, a lot of them are, you know, go, getting you know into the higher issues. Uh, so you kind of got to have been going with them for longer at this point. And also, you know, a lot of them when they said they had a big appeal of this is this specific thing, whereas now they're kind of getting into just smaller characters. A lot of it, so it's kind of just here have this. Yeah, yeah, that big honeymoon phase of, oh, we got Marvel, we're going to do big Marvel books, that, that phase is kind of over. And, I mean, they're still yeah. selling very well, obviously. They, but, did, they did just announce a new Han Solo one, of course. Han Solo, uh, or, or Orlando, or both of them. Uh, they, they announced a whole slate of books and comics this week. Oh, right, okay. Uh, so, you know, that's, uh, that's that. You got Detective at 14 and 15. Uh, Flash, being DC's next biggest seller, actually, after Batman and Detective, uh, that's 19 and 21. For those two issues. What about um, the, the annuals were that month, right? Uh, you're right. Where were they? Detective Annual was number 28 with 44,000, so. Not too much of a drop in terms of numbers, even if the, the, the position's uh, significantly low. Where, where, where was it again? Yeah, 51 down to 40. What did I say? 44. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's not a huge leap. Um, where's the Flash Annual, actually? That's really curious because. Uh, Flash Annual was quite a notable issue comparatively. I mean, you know, we we, we said a lot of the Detective Annual was very good, but the Flash one was uh, kind of advertising the next big thing, so to speak. So I expected the, the oh, retailers yeah. to kind of get on that. Uh, Flash Annual was number twenty-seven, was forty-four, almost forty-five thousand. Mm. So that was actually uh, higher than the Detective one, just slightly. But uh... yeah, it, it doesn't surprise. Like I said, I think the retailers know that okay, this is advertising and art coming up, so. Mm. If they can push this to customers, then they're more likely to be able to push that arc onto new customers. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so that, that's that's the thing. Uh, but yeah, so I guess that's the sales figures uh, of the week. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll move we'll move on. Uh, we'll move on to some news. Uh, bit of a follow up. Uh, obviously, we know Bendis has taken over Superman. And yes, well, he's getting his mini series in May. Uh, start at the or start at the end of May. It's running through June to the start of July, and then he start taking over Superman in action. Superman's renumbering to number one. Action Comics will be starting from one thousand and one that month. Uh, they're taking time off. However, that does not mean that we have no Superman or action uh, post April, post Action One Thousand, because they announced this week that we are getting uh, one issue specials of both Action Comics and Superman as finales to their current runs. Uh, so. Superman special number one by Tomasi and Gleason to sort of round out their run, and Action Comics uh, special number one to round out uh, Jurgen's run. Are these extra sized? They are. They're forty eight pages there, and they've got backups. They're so they're okay. See, here's the thing. I get why they do it for Action because they don't want to they they don't want to lose that one thousand and one for Bendis yeah. to start. That, that makes sense to me. The Superman one though, I, I don't know why they don't just do two more issues that month instead of a special. Uh, well, there's those backups, so the actual main story may not be two issues worth. 
Uh, mainly, I think it's just to match, so that they just have like a sort of mirrored yeah, set. And also, I think it oddly kind of sets you up for the single shipping because you're getting one of each that month. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I mean, we're still assuming that they go into single shipping, right? Have they outright said? They're that not yet? outright said it, yet, but just the indication from that that the text we yeah. got when they announced the books seems like it's going to be single shipping. Yeah, uh, I've certainly heard other podcasts and news sites just assume that as well. And they've not even done what we've done and said, oh, but we're just kind of jumping to conclusions a little bit here. They've just outright said it, but I, I think they're just reading into it as well. Yeah, but we won't know for certain for a while till we get solicits for that. Uh, we'll get the solicits for that in April. Yeah. So, you know, a little while yet. Hmm. I mean, you know, we do solicits for, for next week, right? Um... Yeah, probably. I'm, I'm just, I'm just like, am I looking at the the month? It's like, it should be next week, but we haven't had any early ones like we usually get. Uh, sometimes it veers slightly later. Like, I, I feel like mm. it's been veering more towards the uh, uh, later in the month recently. But it, it, theoretically, it should be next week. But I don't know. Yeah, it, it's usually the third Monday, I think. Uh, but. Yeah, so so so, and I guess the other reason why they're doing the Superman special is just to make it feel like like, like the word says special, just like oh, it's a yeah, special final. You know, it's not just number forty, whatever. So I I, I kind of get it. Uh, so yeah, those are coming in May. May second, we'll have the Action Comic Special number one, uh, and it'll be Jurgens uh, with artist Will Conrad. It's called the Last Will and Testament of Lex Luthor. Um, Beginning with the events of Rebirth, Superman's greatest enemy became his most unexpected ally. Is Lex finally on the heroic path, or is he still hiding his true colours? Uh, which is what the DC announcement says. Uh, when he finds himself in an adventure where Superman could be destroyed, what will he do? Save the Man of Steel, or witness his demise at the hands of an unimaginable enemy? Um, it'll also feature a new story by Mark Russell and Jill Thompson, along with Max Landis and Francis Manipal. Um... Oh, that'll be their story that got pulled from, from the holiday the... special. Yeah, yeah. Because, I yeah. saw a page of that the other day that went up on Twitter. Uh, someone posted it. It looks mm. so good. So that's, that's what's uh, going to be in the Action Comics special. And then on May 16th, two weeks later, you get the Superman special number one, uh, and it'll revisit Dinosaur Island, which we visited in Superman 8 and 9, if you remember that two-part. I do, yeah. So before Superman's world goes through the same drastic changes he has he has unfinished business to attend on Dinosaur Island. Uh, Superman and the Losers. Captain Storm take on take one final trip together into the Abyss of Tomorrow, which brings the military man out of time into the world of today. So, Interesting. That uh, text implies that Superman knows something's happening. Like, he's got unfinished business. Like, he goes to do it before stuff happens. Hmm, maybe, um... I guess it's maybe the... the Action Comics 1000 or the the preview and DC Nation will set mm -hmm. up something they'll know about. Yeah, it could do. Yeah. And it could be just misleading wording, but just the, the way it's said there sounds like that to me. Yeah, it may not be something the character knows. It may just be yeah. the, way, the way they're phrasing it for that. Yeah. Uh, it'll also feature additional stories by writer-artist teams uh, Michael Russell and Brian Hitch and another one by Ian Flynn and Care Andrews or Carrie Andrews. So... Um, yeah, so I, I like that they're giving them a send off. They're, they're making them have like a finales that feel like a slightly yeah. bigger deal than just you know random issues. Um, it's kind of funny how how infrequent Tomasi and Gleason have been on their book. And as much as I've not been enjoying their book for a while now, I'm still glad they're getting like a final little send off. Just to, like okay, bye bye. Here's the, the end of the run. Hopefully, it'll be back to you know because that early stuff was really good and yeah. fun. 
and uh, the dinosaur island was maybe slightly weaker than some of the stuff around it but it was still solid yeah so uh, maybe we'll be back to that form with those ideas so so yeah because i think at first we felt like may was going to be mostly superman less until man of steel started at the end but now we've got these two big one shots to kind of give us a superman yeah. fix during the month uh, before bendis comes in and kicks things into gear so there you go that that is the news um Cool. we'll see what else they have for us next week and if we do have solicits maybe there'll be some juicy tidbits in there uh, but with that said we can actually get on to the books of the week and we will start of course with the event book the one shot Dark Knights Rising the Wild Hunt number one uh, Scott Snyder and Grant Morrison writing uh, with Jorge Jimenez uh, Doug Mankey and Howard Porter all on art uh, and it's sort of divvied up throughout the book yeah so <laughs> Where do you want to start with this one? So I, I tweeted out yesterday after I read it. I said, uh, I, you know what? I think I understood that pretty well. A couple of the pages. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a couple of... Credits page as well. Uh, Mendoza's also on art. Oh, we got a fourth artist, right? Fourth, yeah. I think it's, three doesn't sound like enough, given how how this looked. <laughs> um, that that is, that is fair. Obviously, the chimp stuff, the detective chimp stuff was, was nicely separated because it was a flashback. So that, that worked out yeah. well as having a different artist, but... Uh, the, the rest's kind of a mess. Yeah, in terms the rest, of art. Uh, yeah, it flips... It's not that any of the art is necessarily bad, it just kind of flips around too much to... Yeah, there's just so much of it. Mm. But in, individually, they're all fine to good, depending on your taste, but yeah. they, they don't necessarily mesh all that well. Yeah, so... Where do we begin? So Detective Chimp is kind of de-evolving uh, because of what's happening with the multiverse <laughs> and dying. Yes. I mean, which is, we, we do start with his origin. We do start with his origin, yeah. Which is which is nice. I liked it. I enjoyed it as well. It was nice and simple compared to what the rest of the book ended up. Yeah, and, and it, it was this nice, like, you know, like three or four pages of just, oh, we'll just do this. Yeah. Uh, it made us care a little bit. I, I felt really bad for he's he's uh you know the guy who was feeding them and helping them, and mm. you know and then he comes back. He takes his hat. He comes back and solves the crime, and that's how his detective career starts. I I, I did kind of like that. Mm. Um, I'm I'm not sure like if how in line this is with like past versions of his origin. Like I'm not. <laughs> yeah, my, I'm not too sure. My detective chimp uh, history is not as uh, concrete as perhaps it should be. Uh, I will confess to that. But. Yep, me either. Uh, it was an enjoyable little story for what it was. And, you know, we, we have Chimp working with a lot of the mad scientists, Magnus, Morrow, Savannah, etc. Yeah. Um, they're working on the frequencies, the music side of things, which uh, this is actually one of the things that I think will read even better if, when it's read and trade later. I feel like it's been so long since they brought up the the way that all this connects to music and the, the frequencies. And I'm like, oh yeah, this yeah. was a thing. Like, you know, I was sort of like, as I was reading, I was like, oh yeah, that's a thing. Like, Rather than just knowing it as I'm reading it, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it's it's amusing because obviously all like the the ship and stuff. It's not even new for metal. It's just that they've tied it in with this a bit more. Yeah, uh, the uh, what do you call it? The ultimate fuel. Fuel. Yeah. Fuel. It's such a hard word to get your tongue around, isn't it? Because you want to say fuel. That's what your you word do. goes to. Your mouth goes to. Uh, but yeah, fuel. The ultimate fuel. Uh, and you got Flash. You got Cyborg. You got Raven on there. Um, and you've got the Dark Knights in pursuit. Mm. And they've got a a baby <laughs> universe. A, a, a bunch of baby universes? Oh yeah, you that... find out later that they've got a bunch of them because every, every missile they fired at the ship had one in it. But at first you think they've just got the one. 
Yeah. And, you, and you think that's just the, the, the MacGuffin, but then it turns out, no, we've got tons of baby universes all handpicked by Barbados, and we're sending them to you. And basically what they're doing is they're herding the heroes on the, on the field uh, to basically be the carrier so that they can go into the heart of the multiverse and basically cause the explosion, the, the ripple that's going to break the multiverse. They're, this is what they're doing. And uh, I've simplified that. <laughs> there was a lot more complex things going on than what I'm, I'm ready to explain to you because I don't think I can explain them you to know, you. On, on Twitter, uh, Snyder was saying how Morrison will tell you he didn't have that much impact on the book. He just added more monkeys. Oh, God. No, 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 he didn't. That, this this is this is so Grant Morrison. It is like even start like the like the second panel of the book is looking at his multiversity map. Uh, no, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, I didn't notice yeah. that. Um, and there's like small references. At one point, the ship flies over like one of the Earths, and you see like yeah. you know people like screaming for help down below. Um, but it, obviously, it's all building up, and we have like big moments. Of course, uh, the Red Death actually gets cured of, of of evil Batman, and it's just that Barry again in a gold yeah. version of the suit, and he it's ends up cool, actually. Yeah, and he ends up helping our Barry, and then basically sacrifices himself to try and save the you know the multiverse. He's like, no, there has to be sacrifices, and he stays behind. But then, of course, Batman who laughs is like, ha ha, this was all part of the plan. We have been herding you here. Uh, we, we are aiming you, and you know we we get the. Almost was it just me or does does a uh, now cured good Red Death Barry exploding look very Doctor Manhattan esque? It does, yeah. Yeah, very the blue light. I, I don't, I don't know if that's intentional or if it's just like, yeah. hey, look at this. It may, yeah, it may not actually mean anything, but I saw that and went, hmm, that looks very Manhattan. It, it does look very similar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Red Tornado wakes up and he's basically like, ah. Oh, Evil's coming. We opened the door. We tried to shut it, but evil's coming. You can't stop it. Yeah. So that's it's all just, happening. Oh my god! There's so much in this book. There's so much. Uh, and again, another thing that I'd almost kind of forgotten about is that the the Batman who laughs has this guy in bandages, this captive person. That, yeah. And I remember theorizing about this back but in like could issue it be two. Like, yeah, like one or two. It was re- really early on, wasn't it? Yeah, we we're theorizing about who this uh, bandaged person could be. Uh, and he's making him watch. Whoever it is, he's making him watch as the universe is presumably dying. And then, but obviously, I think the big thing that everyone wants to talk about was the ending. Oh, yeah. Because we have... So, so Chimps is de-evolving. And he hears a voice. As everything seems to be dying, he hears a voice. He hears Stubbs, who was the helper of the last monitor, if I recall correctly this is getting super uh mm. grant morrison here when i'm starting to it talk is. about this shit um yeah. and basically this is help coming now it's a shame matt's not here because i wanted to i really want to know what matt's brain did when he when he read the phrase we are from the 53rd earth i know i, I got so excited and i'm like oh matt's brain is imploding right now and this is a this is a this is an ape planet of some kind, seemingly. I mean, we don't know. Maybe this was like humans first of all, and then it was like Planet of the Apes where they all took over. Maybe they were always apes. Like, who's to say at this I, point? I want to know. I want I want more of this Earth. We see we see Bat Chimp, we see Aqua Chimp, we see a little Raven Chimp, I think. Is that what that is? I think the little one's Raven. Okay. I could be wrong. Oh actually no, maybe is that an atom on his forehead? 
Um, yeah, it looks more like an atom to me. Okay, yeah, so maybe it's... <laughs> is it Captain Atom? <laughs> Captain Atom Chimp? I don't know. I have no idea. you got Super Chimp, obviously. I expect Titano. He's, he's actually a pre-established yeah. uh, thing. I know, but I'm just going with the, the, the flow here. Yeah, I, I don't believe I, the others are. I could be wrong, though. Someone will probably pull these out of obscurity. Like, Grant Morrison pulled Bat Chimp out of, like, you know, Detective Issue 425 from... That, that would be a Morrison thing to do. It would be. Uh, that's uh, his whole thing. Every, everything is canon. Yeah, but, uh, no, Titano, I'm, I'm familiar with. I, I can't tell you a lot about him, but I'm familiar with him. Yeah. Um, so, that's he's like, yeah. So, here's the, here's the really interesting thing. So, yeah, so... So Bobo, brother, Detective Chimp, we're here. Um, I also like how he started that. He's like, DC, you wondered about what that meant. And I'm like, ah, uh, it was very meta. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 whole, the whole issue, because he talks about how he played the accordion, the two chords. The DC. Really, DC. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so, so he's like, yeah, we we got this fixed back in 2067. The 53rd world is here to help. So you're ready to save the universe. And the last page, he's got his magnifying glass out. So it's Bat Chimp doing his Detective Chimp impression. And then behind them, it appears that the the, the heroes on the ship, the Thule, Cyborg, Flash, and Raven have survived. The, the chimps have saved them. Yes. <laughs> chimps to the rescue. So would you like to explain to me what happened in this issue? Not really. <laughs> this is... Oh, a dense issue that is all over the place in ideas, and it's so much. I, I think I need to read this like three or four times more before I really get it. That that may that may very well be true. I here, here's what I'm going to say in terms of in terms of positives. I think despite how hard it is to kind of keep a grasp on all the things that are happening, it's always but, enjoyable. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't exactly what I was going to say, but despite all the things that are going on, right, and despite all these ideas that, you know, and I know they're not, I, this is the, the crazy thing about Morrison, is I know that he's just got an encyclopedia of these ideas that he's hinted at before, and multiversity, and, you know, the final crisis, and all these things, right? But in terms of a story, I do feel that sometimes he suffers because he doesn't actually properly set things up again for each story, so they actually work in a traditional sense. Mm. But to give it credit... Throughout the entire time, I always get the feeling of what I'm supposed to feel in every single scene. Yeah, and definitely. I don't know, and I don't know how he does that. I really don't. But I get the dread. I get the 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 ticking time bomb sort of tension as they're racing towards the center of the universe. I get the dread of the evil coming as red tornadoes like talking about how they open the door. I get all these things. I get the emotion in every single scene, even if I don't entirely understand the bollocks that is spewing out of their mouths at all times. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so uh, it's it's always I'm always along for the ride, even though I'm like I don't know what is going on at times. I'm like I'm, I'm sitting there trying to figure it out in my mind. I'm still enjoying what I'm reading because That's it. I think it is you get the emotion. I'd love to. I should actually go back and read Final Crisis at some point because I read mm. that very early on in my comic reading career, if you will. And I'm curious now that I've read a lot more. If I go back, will I? follow it much better than i did the first time i imagine i will i think you will i think it's still hard to follow because it's it's morrison, morrison. yeah so it's like intentionally hard but i think i just not only have i just read more comics since then so i'm just better at reading comics but just the idea that i like i think when i first read final crisis i never read a new god story or anything like that so it was just like right yeah, you know, okay. it was like who's, who's all this yeah what's going on yeah um so that's just, 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 
Uh, well, that's a, that's a, uh, I, I, I will say my my biggest problem with this issue mm-hmm. is they teased the shit out of me with Metal Men and then didn't even give me any. I mean, they're there. The, the, yeah, but they don't do anything. They don't, uh, they're not even awake. They just stand there. Hey, sleeping is still existing, so therefore they are there. <laughs> Look, I, I acknowledge they are there. I wanted <laughs> them in action. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Is, is that too much to ask for? I actually, I mean, beyond the art being very erratic because it's jumping between so many artists, I don't know, like, beyond my general kind of, like, unfriendliness to the reader that Morrison comics seem to be, I don't know what, what I'd really criticise all that much in it. Uh, no, I agree. I think it, it's it's hard to wrap your head around, but I think it's well told in what it's doing. It's intentionally complicated. Yeah. But that's not really a criticism. It, it's hard to complain that when it's... Okay, you, you kind of know what you're getting when Morrison's on a book. That's kind of that's his thing, and a lot of people like that. I like that a lot of the time. So it's hard to say, oh, this is bad because of that, when it's just okay. That's just his style. I like it more in something like this. I think uh, for for me, like when I'm when I'm missing, you know, I think he's a bit hit and miss for me. But when it, when it's a mess, it tends to be because he's applying his crazy style to something I don't think really fits it. Like you know, I was never a big fan of uh, Return of Bruce Wayne. Like you know, I love his Batman mm-hmm. and Robin, right? And yeah. I, I quite enjoy the build-up to R.I.P. and R.I.P. itself. But Return of Bruce Wayne, where he's travelling through time, and it's just it's nothing but crazy ideas. Yeah. For six issues, and I'm like, ah, it's not, it's, you know, this is this is not what I want from Batman, right? No, but I get that. When you're when you're doing this, you know, multiverses, fifty third. It, it's why like his multiverse is so potentially some of his greatest work because <clears throat> mm. that inherently is his idea that it plays into his insanity. Insanity is the word for it. Uh, there's it nothing is. else I would use for it. Um, but that said, he also wrote one of my favourite Batman stories of all time in Arkham Asylum. So, you know, clearly his craziness can apply, you know, if, if, if it is applied correctly to the to the property. Because yeah. that was all about insanity inside Arkham Asylum. So it kind of, you know, was this insane, almost Silent Hill-esque house of horrors still strangely more straightforward than most of his other work it is but i think that's correct for batman i agree Uh, unless it's this sort of batman story where it's uh, batman's out of his depth with all this crazy shit oh yeah yeah but but batman himself's not even in this issue though unless we're counting the the dark knights but i wouldn't i I, I wouldn't either but you know it's it's, it's a thing um but so i'm excited to see how the chimps factor in to the to the me too i can't wait Joe, you know this is one of those issues, though, where I'm going, hmm, should this have just been a regular issue of the book? Because when we get to issue six and the chimps show up and you skipped this because you thought it was just a tie-in, you're going to be like, where the hell did all the chimps come from? What baffles me about this, though, is that this wasn't originally planned. This was added in late. It was, yeah. He said that on Twitter. This was the only thing that they added in that wasn't planned to begin with. They said, oh, we'll put in another one shot and give... Give Capullo another month to to finish up. Yeah, and uh, that's insane. So, I mean, it, I mean, maybe they won't factor in as much as we think we do, but this this feels like one of the biggest cliffhangers of the the third book. It does, and it amuses me that Mar- Morrison's only writing this. Like, they didn't approach him. Morrison came up and was like, "Hey, I want to be involved in this." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "This is crazy shit. I want, I want it in." Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. And it's like I, I get it. I, I, I understand why Morrison wants in on this. This is, this is such a, a Morrison-esque event in general. Mhm, mhm. 
so no, maybe it'll lead to Morrison doing more stuff. Uh, I would the, like a return for him to return to superheroes. In the future. Um, I don't know who I'd want him on specifically, but they could put him on something more. Flash. Uh, Flash. I think he could do something really interesting on Flash. Actually, I bet he could do a good Swamp Thing one. Mm, he probably could. Me- messing with all, like, sort of, instead of the multiverse, you know, it's the green and the dark horror. Uh, he'd, of... he'd definitely play into the, the green, the red, and the rock. Yeah, he'd do all that shit. He would, he, yeah. he would, he would lap that right up. He would, wouldn't he? Um, and that's how you launch a Swamp Thing book. You put Grant Morrison's name on it, and then, oh, it's selling. Well, that's the thing. You can put Morrison's name on anything, and it'll sell. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, 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 any, anything reasonable, you, you, you're probably safe. Kite Man by Grant Morrison. I'd read the hell out of that. <laughs> I'd read, I really would. Hey, I, I would legitimately try a Kate Man book by anyone at this point. I like Kate Man now. <laughs> somehow, somehow Tom King's what, letting me like Kate Man. What a sentence. I like Kite Man now. Can you imagine <laughs> saying that two years ago? <laughs> I think two years ago I probably remembered who Kate Man was. <laughs> this is a good point. Oh, dear. Uh, there's, there's some dark Batman stuff in there. Like this, some of them seem to be doubting what they're doing. Yeah, I can't remember which one was one of them. Like they, they actually were promised, oh, we want to be heroes on our worlds again. Mm. So they, they're still thinking they're kind of doing this for some twisted, noble reason, rather than just, you know, some of them are like, now nah, we're evil, let's do evil shit. Yeah, uh, so various shades of dark, I suppose you could look at that. Um, yeah. But hey, I don't know what else to say about the, the issue. I liked Raven in this issue quite a lot. No, Raven was given a prominent role. It, it felt like she wasn't being... It felt like she belonged to be with the Justice League more than Cyborg did. <laughs> it did, yeah. yeah. She, she, she was pulling her weight. Um, proving her worth, for sure. Yeah, yeah so that was nice to see. It was nice, to, it was nice that, you know, obviously Ed Flash is probably the biggest hitter in the book in terms of main characters, but it was nice to see Raven and Detective Chimp getting some spotlight here and like them being driving forces of something. Yeah, it, it, it's strange that, you know, Detective Chimp was the emotional core of the issue. It was, because you were worried about him you know, losing his yeah, intelligence yeah. and going back to just being a being a chimp. Just being a chimp, yeah. There was something I wasn't expecting going in. Hmm. Not that I had no any idea what to expect with this. Well, I, I guess it's a it's a representation of what of what the Dark Batman are essentially trying to do is they're trying to take away humanity from yeah. all of the worlds. And how do you represent that more than taking away the literal humanity of something that? Otherwise, we shouldn't have it. <laughs> you know, this, yeah, uh, chimp should just be a chimp, and uh, so. And as as per usual with stories, if you put an animal in danger, even one that's you know can talking and sentient and all the rest of it, you it still hits you a little bit more than any human beings would. For some reason, that's true. Did you know what it is? It's because I think at some level, human beings can understand if they're dying or whatever, that, that, that that's just the way it has to be and they, they make their peace with it to an extent, even if they're scared. Mm. A cat or a dog, like, they don't... They, you worry that they just don't understand why it's happening to them and they're just scared. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. But hey. Uh, <laughs> so, no. Uh, so, I'm all for the Justice League of, uh, of Planet of the Apes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that's what I'm calling it. Justice League of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, well, I mean, those, those titles are all mouthfuls anyway. So yeah, might, might as, well. as well. Which would be the the GLP. J. J. Justice League's a J, not a G. 
I said G, did I not? No, you said GL. Oh, I was slipping the tongue then. I meant I meant G. Yeah. Yeah. J JL JLP A. GLPA. Doesn't roll off the tongue, does it? Just a GLP? I call it the GLA, because I mean Well no, you can't. JLPA just sounds like a like a that's a mouthful. The, 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 <laughs> all right, let's move on. Um, uh, so that, that's a uh, whale hunt number one. Uh, yeah, it was a trip. Yeah, By all means, it's, give us. It's give, good for what it is. Yeah, give, give us your thoughts and your opinions and your theories in the in these in the yeah. comments. D- did you manage to decipher it? And the twitters and whatnot. Uh, please do. Uh, so. Uh, let's move on to Detective Comics 974, James Tenney and the Fourth. Phil Brion is on art. Uh, this, of course, is following up the emotional cliffhanger of Clayface being shot in the head by Batwoman, and we kind of kick off right where that leaves off. And uh, heartbreaking is a word, and the first half of the issue is pretty much just everyone reacting to Batwoman doing it. And Batman snapping the gun uh, over his knee. Yeah. Quite a moment. You feel his anger. I like that. Oh, definitely. I, I like Tim. He, he's shutting it down. Yeah, I, I like Tim and Steph berating her. And I'm just kind of waiting the whole time, like, when is Cass coming up? Is Cass going to beat the everlasting shit out of her? Because she can. Um, and she just gives her one punch. But it's a yeah. satisfying punch. It's kind of like... And this is not to say that I don't understand uh, why Batwoman did it. I'm not actually necessarily villainizing her. But in terms of the Bat family, killing is a pretty big no-no. Uh, so Cass with that emotional speech of no this symbol means more and she rips it off so like, no you're not this anymore you can't be this anymore no that's it I get uh, I get why Batman's on it uh, like she points out you know she was trained as a soldier you know this yeah. is what she she thinks is the right thing to do and you know there's, there's an argument that maybe it was the right thing to do no there's mm. definitely an argument I, I think what this journey for Batwoman might be is that she maybe just shouldn't be Batwoman like that symbol's not the right fit for her if this is how she thinks yeah, I'd, I'd be really interested to see if they actually have the, the balls to go that route and, you know, give her a new name. Well, at the end of the, the issue, we get our, our suit with the, the colony uh, logo I on mean, it. permanently, rather than just this being a little temporary Oh, thing. sure, yeah. I, I'm just, I don't know what they'd call it, though, or what the... I, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, you'd, ha- you'd have to rename her book as well. Oh, you would, which is why it's not going to happen, but... Yeah, which is a shame, but I'd, I'd, I'd hope it would. Yeah, so... No, I that the, the emotion of uh, Cass uh, confronting her, especially, and then you had Azrael and Batwing kind of sticking up for her, and it kind of felt like uh, of they did pair of chumps. The, the the core crew are like, well, you can leave too then because we don't abide by this. But then, unfortunately, Steph leaves as well because she sees Tim kind of breaking down. Tim, Tim's obviously starting to panic because is, is this what the start of the split was that you know future Tim was talking about? Mm-hmm. This was going to lead to everything that's happening. Uh, so Steph leaves. And hopefully not for too long, and hopefully I get my fun-loving Steph back at some point. Because it, it's frustrating because like we only just got her back. Yeah, she's almost. I mean, she's been very serious though since like since Tim died. Since Tim died, it's all it's all been very kind of dour and very, um, if not mourning his death, being anti-Batman or whatever. It's been oh Tim, mm, you're and ruining now it's kind of anti-Tim. Yeah, um, and I love Steph, but I mean I, I love Steph because of who she is typically. And you know, that's who she was before Tim died, uh, mm. and you know, obviously more so her, her Batgirl of years and uh, some of her spoiler stuff from before that. But um, so hopefully, hopefully, what I see happening here, hopefully, 
is that I feel like we're you know we're, we're hearing rumors of you know some people replacing Tinian uh, in the near future. He's got, getting on to his next arc, which is Batman Eternal, which could sounds like it could be the last arc. It sounds very final. It does, doesn't it? Uh, and I'm wondering if he's going to reset the table a little bit. And I hope that doesn't mean just disbanding the team completely. I hope it reconfigures, boils it down to maybe the core members. But yeah, I'm fine with losing Azrael and Batwing, especially. Yeah, I don't think I, I feel like the, the number of people who actually really care about losing them is very minuscule. I I like Kate a lot. Don't mm-hmm. be wrong, but I would like to see her maybe leave the team and Tim step up and be the leader. Yeah, I think Batwoman going lone wolf into her own book and just sort of being over there makes a lot of sense, given the plot right now. Yeah, she can still pop up whenever, you know, as yeah. she's often done in the past. But I feel like this maybe is a sign that maybe maybe she's not right for this team and, you know, we should be trying things without her for a bit in this yeah. book. Uh, but I de- I de- obviously, I definitely want Cass and Steph to stick around. Uh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe they, they bring in Harper full-time. Does Duke kind of jump on it? Well, what, what do we do for the heavy now? Because obviously there's no Clayface right now. Assuming we don't, you know, bring him back quicker than I anticipate. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see where they go with this, because they kind of go, no, nah, he's straight up dead. Yeah, they do. So I'm intrigued to see what they do with it, because I don't expect to be dead permanently, because it's comics, it's Clayface. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, they, they they do need someone heavy like that. That they've not really got that role filled with the the core members. Um, I'm just trying to think who the kids, because they're all villains. Unless they like pull someone in from a different family. Hmm, that could be interesting actually. Tim reaching out and going, "Hey, come and help us in Gotham." I I don't know who specifically, but I'm. I don't know who's 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 a heavy. I feel like this is where Matt would jump in with a certain name. He doesn't exist, though. Oh, Tim will find him. <laughs> Tim's he's, got the name. He's he going hunting. He, he don't exist. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I was, I, no, to be fair, like, just, Babs has not been on the team for whatever reason. They could always have... I don't know as the heavy, obviously. I'm not saying that. No. But I, I, I just... Just, uh, just to, to, to go devil's advocate for bat on Matt's behalf, I think Connor Kent would be an interesting thing if if Tim went, you know, he's he's got the name and he you know does some digging and maybe he does exist and you know there's a reason why we don't know about him at this point and you know kind of reaches out to him. I think that could be an interesting angle. What if because he joins the Bat Family first, he gets called Bat Boy instead? Do you think that'd upset Matt? I think that would make Matt punch a something i don't know what, what is something something big <laughs> uh that's great that's great um as far as as far as a heavy i don't know um who's a heavy hero now, obviously kryptonians i mean I, I don't know if i see like supergirl joining a bat family but... nah, I, I don't see it i don't see the fit swamp thing would maybe work Hmm. Well, that wouldn't be too bad. Is is the big muscle? He's kind of got a sadness to him that kind of fits with the whole dark Gotham vibe. It does, yeah. Uh, maybe they bring him in at first to deal with an ivy problem or something, <laughs> like you know, green versus green. I yeah. don't know. Could be. Um. I I do I don't like. It's not like I go. Oh, the book needs shaking up, but I think it's due for a shake up, and just because it's like okay, this this has been working for a while, but I want to see him. Do I mean, that said, if when this detective run ends like i don't necessarily mind if they take away the team aspect of this if the characters i care about do get another book like you know if, if we get like a 
I don't know. Some, some sort of book with Stefan Cass in it, like a Batgirls plural book. Or See, something. That, that'd be great. I, I, I want my Tim fix as well. So, as long as. Maybe give, give Tim Detective. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Batman's like. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it becomes like an old Robin's book almost, where you got Tim, Dick, and Damien all there. Yeah, there's there's an argument for doing rotating arcs of characters like okay, so we'll do okay. Here's a Tim story. Here's a you know a Steph story. You know, kind of just rotate through them, not necessarily with the other characters, but just have it showcase characters like that. Yeah, they could. I, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is. I mean, honestly, I kind of hope to just keep the team thing. I like having the bat team. I, I, I like the team as well, yeah. don't get me wrong. But uh, there's a lot of things they could do that will work and all be good. So yeah. I, I can't. Uh, my, my only concern at this point is really losing certain characters that we just got back at the start of yeah. Rebirth, which admittedly has been like almost two years at this point. But still, I don't want to lose them. Um, here, obviously, we have to talk about the ending. Uh, Ulysses is um, working with Brother Eye, and he's trying to create the dark future that we know about. Yes. I like it. So that's a thing. It's happening. Little shit doing that. Um, I love that he's wearing a Batman top. I And the idea of setting him up as Tim's arch nemesis, I, I do kind of like the idea that he's trying to corrupt his future. Uh, and I wonder if like realising that this has been manipulated by someone else is kind of something that helps Tim snap out of his, you know, his, his downward spiral right now of thinking that everything's just screwed. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be nice. I, I, I'm really intrigued to see where Tim goes with this because, obviously, we know he has to overcome it at some point. It's just how far does it get before he kind of draws the line? Yeah, uh, and I feel that. I mean, I think that's what the book's building up to. I, I feel like it's what's been building up to ever since he died. Like that's Tyrion yeah. had some sort of long game planned for this, and it feels like it's all kind of coming together. Definitely, uh, in that sense. So that that was the big ending. Um, yeah, art was fine. It wasn't the standout, but it it, did, no, it, it was did the job. serviceable. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I say, the emotion of Cass, uh, and even just like Cass turning around and hugging Batman, and like Batman holding her and being like, "Right, Kate, you should go. You're excused." I'm like, "Oft." Uh, well, that that was it. She goes, "Excuse me," like you know, like really, come on, and she goes, "You're excused." So what, it was a great comeback. I think what I liked about that scene is that I feel like they all reacted appropriately. Like I feel like under no circumstance should these characters be okay with what she just did. Whether or not it's arguably the correct thing to do, I, I feel like none of them should be happy. They should be treating this so severely. Batman especially. Yeah, yeah uh, definitely. So it played true to the characters for me uh, in that scene. So that's, mm. that's, that's good. Um, Alright, so we'll move on. We'll move on to Action Comics 997. Uh, we're getting really close to a thousand. I mean, I know that we know it's coming anyway, but it's just actually saying nine nine seven. Three three more issues. Yeah. Uh, so this was Dan Jurgens writing and <laughs> Brett Booth uh, back on the art for Action Comics. Bloody hell! <laughs> oh. I mean, I dropped Titans to avoid this prick. <laughs> I mean, that's not the only reason I dropped Titans, but it didn't help. I mean, on the upside, you know, you're getting a big relaunch in about four issues time, so he won't be on it yeah, past that, at the very yeah. least. So, yeah, so Superman's in Zod's new Krypton, uh, having Booster fighting, they get captured, Skeets gets blown up, and all the Zods and the soldiers all use their heat vision to blast them, and that's basically all the Superman stuff. So much red. A lot of red. Uh, and then there's a lot more of the issue devoted to the Lois side this time, where Lois is breaking in to get her father out. 
and John actually makes his presence known, saves her from a, a gunman mm. with the heat vision, and then she has to try and explain to her father why her young son is here with her, uh, all while not telling him that he's also superpowered because General Lane doesn't know that Clark is Superman, and as she puts it in narration, never will. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you know, Although, and and, and John's just like, hey, it's fine, I got this. Yeah. Parmy actually does kind of want a story at some point where General Lane just finds out that his daughter's married to Superman. I do as well. I think he'd take it better than expected. You think? I, I think uh, I think he might do. Being as like, okay, well, it's his family. He, he strikes me as a very uh, a family man. You know, like, okay, no, I'll put that above the other obligations to, to some degree. Okay, okay. Um, and then we have a shock ending in which they get gunned down in the forest as they're trying to escape. And it actually looks like there's blood coming from both uh, Lois and her father. Like, they both have, like, oh, bullet holes. Is, yeah. And they have blood coming. Obviously, John's bulletproof, so he's he's probably fine. Um, this feels like a shock cliffhanger for the sake of a shock cliffhanger for me, because we know Lois is not dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I will say there was notably no blood pools. There was just on their shirt and like on uh, the general's arms. Yeah, there but was no pool on the floor. There was, like, four or five bullet holes in each of their chests. Other backs, was. wherever we yeah. line up, they were. Uh, one, one of each. One, one, of one each. on the front, one on the back. Oh, there you go. Uh, and John's on his side. <laughs> oh, the variety. That's yeah. what, when, when Booth sat down to write, draw this page, he was like, you know what, I'm going to have a variety of positions here. Yes. I'll be honest, though, John looks in a very unnatural pose. The spread of Booth. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got words on unnatural poses in a minute. <laughs> Uh, so it, it 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 yeah it was a mediocre issue. I feel like it it didn't advance the, the new Krypton stuff that much, and then the stuff with I, I've not really been feeling the Lois stuff saving her father pretty much the entire arc. It's not working for me. This is I like Lois going out and getting into trouble, but not I'm gonna go into a military zone and take out all these soldiers. Trouble. Yeah, it makes her feel almost like like she's very capable. I always want Lois to be capable. But she's Steven Seagal capable here, which is weird. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, I, I get Lois running around, you know, getting into scraps, getting, you know, okay, I'm in trouble now. I'll try, I'll get myself out of it. That's, that's kind of a thing. Yeah, but she's kind of like a, a war zone. Yeah. Yeah, she's running around like she's John McClane or Steven Seagal. Instead, I expect her to be sort of sneaking around and if she gets caught, trying to like talk her way out of it or something, you know. I, I, I always expect her inevitably get caught and have to worm her way out of it. Yeah, but yeah. That, that doesn't work when they're just going to shoot you. Exactly. And you have this shock ending where it looks like they've been shot to death. Uh, and how they're going to explain the bullet holes in their, like, all over their backs and not be dead, I don't know. But. That's the thing. I can't even say bulletproof vests because. You see the skin through the you holes. See, yeah, exactly. You see skin, you see blood. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I guess you say they weren't uh, lethal rounds, they were just uh, rubber bullets, so they, they, they'd make a hit and make you bleed, but they wouldn't... I guess. That's the only thing I can think of off the top of my head. It's sure, but that wouldn't make sense from the dialogue of the guy shooting at them. What did he say? He, he, you know, he, he, he shoots at them, you know, they're all <clears throat> blasted, and then he says, enough, after all, you can only kill them once. Alright, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, they're going to weasel the way out of it next issue uh, with little effort, I'm sure. Yeah. Either that... Or, 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 or they're just going to go back in time. Yeah, that either happens. that yeah. or Clark's going to go back before Lois leaves or before they, she gets shot. Not I because like that's the easy choice. Yeah. I hate it. Not because he knows something bad's going to happen to her necessarily, just because he goes back to when he left. 
and it's yeah. you know i i do feel like that's probably the most likely choice but i really don't like it it feels cheap if it does feel cheap and here's, here's the weird way around it though is because it's not him just going back to save someone like and being selfish he's just going back to when he should return to right but that yeah. makes this plot all the more pointless seeming yeah, it's just there to be like, oh, they died. How how could they possibly be saved? Oh wait, Superman's been running around in a time machine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it doesn't take a genius to figure out, does it? Yeah, not feeling. And obviously, the art was Brett Booth, which you know. Yeah. We've, we've All right. Okay. Worst page. All right. Go on. It's the big full page splash where Zod appears, and he's doing some weird pose, standing over the bodies of of Superman and Booster, and. No one stands like that. What? What? Like Eradicator's behind him, just stood there being found. Why is Zod doing this thing? He's just jumped out and gone. Hey, look at me. Hold on. Um. It's it, it's it's it's. I don't get it. I am in pursuit of the page. To it's it's, it's not too far in. About about. Uh, no, I'm here. I'm here. Um. Yeah, I guess it's. It just doesn't make any sense to me, isn't it? I, I get, oh, you're doing an entrance pose, but usually those are justified. This is just, he jumps in, he's just stood there over the bodies. It, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. It kind of just looks wrong. I mean, I, he has I, huge, huge quads. <clears throat> Look at I, those legs. I can't, I can't defend it. I, it doesn't, I mean, it just kind of fits into the general Brett Booth look to me. I guess. Yeah, yeah. But look at Zod's left leg. Ah, right, his left. Yeah, I admit it's it's it's, it's, it's on the, the contorted and bulky side. Uh, does not. It's like the size of a cow. Ah <laughs> oh, dear. Um, shall shall I, we? I move really on? don't like Booth, but yeah, uh, yeah go on. Let's move on uh, to Wonder Woman number forty. James Robinson writing with uh, Carmen Carnero. Canero, sorry, I've I've missed an arm. My my, my text. This. Uh, I'm put that in. Uh, Carmen Canero and Emanuela Lupacino on the art. So this is the final of the Silver Silver Swan story, uh, which the Silver Swan stuff in it I've enjoyed. Although I feel like the ending's a bit rushed. I I don't get the ending. She oh, flies her into the the ocean and then she's fine. I yeah I don't understand. Like she drowns it. Like cause that that was what it seemed like the plan was because she waits for it to scream. It's like, ha, all the air in your lungs is gone because you just expelled it. Into the water we go. And then she's fine. Like, she's just fine? Yeah, she gets her to calm down and then she brings her out and says, okay, let's to get to the hospital. Uh, the more exciting part, I guess, is the hint of Dr. Psycho at the end, where you see that he's actually in the hospital. He's involved and he's, he's keeping yeah. an eye on her. So that's exciting. I, I liked his stuff in uh, Rucker's uh, pre-New 52 run. Mm. So that, that's pretty cool. Uh, commandos are still, uh, you know, with Steve fighting for the, the the artifacts that the Furies are after, so that's still going on. Yeah. Um, and other than that, it's basically Jason decides that he's going to leave. Uh, they hinted that he might be dead on the cover, which was cruel because from I was the hoping... end of last issue, yeah, I yeah. was hoping to. This this last few issues is how many times can we tease Jason pissing off? And he does piss off at the end, but he pisses off by leaving a note and saying that he wants to go and find himself. Um, right, but then he gets taken, right? Yeah, yeah, he gets taken by something. Some purple energy cloud. Yes. 
So we're going to have to save him at some point. Uh, oh, but but do we? Because Diana doesn't know that she's taken that he's taken. He's, oh yeah, she won't for a while. She won't for a while. But this is going to. He's not done this without knowing it's going to come back well, up. My hope here is we get a new permanent writer before <laughs> Robinson has to get around to this. I don't think that's happening though. I, I feel like I feel like by the end of the next arc, we'll we'll find out. In fact, worst case scenario. All through the next arc, we keep cutting to Jason and what he's doing and oh, where he's please. captured. See, do you know what? Like, that's terrified me. Because I was about to say, the best thing about this is we at least have a little while without him in this no, no. book. It's going to keep cutting to him in a cell somewhere, being tortured mm. or something. Do you know what the worst part is? I yeah. think you might be right, and I yeah. didn't consider that, and I I hate it. Please <laughs> no. I just, want, um, I just want a break from this prick. The art, the art was pretty good, for the most part. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, all the action was good. Uh, I just wish it focused on Silver Swan. I did like the Doctor Psycho uh, hint. Uh, it's a shame though that that's been hinted in Robinson's like run, rather than you know waiting for a better writer to do it. But... Yeah, see that's the thing. Robinson's stuff hasn't been bad outside of Jason though. Like everything yeah. not to do with Jason has been pretty solid. I mean, I mean uh, this has been a bit rushed at the end. Don't which, which is Silver Swan and nothing else basically. Yeah, but even the, the the stuff that was in the Jason arc where he wasn't around, you know, like the 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 Grail and Dark Side. Oh, that one stuff. issue, yeah, the one issue flashback yeah. story of but, the Grail. You know, the the other bits where it was Wonder Woman at the start of the arc before Jason was there, oh, sure. that was pretty good. But he's like this noose; it's around the neck of the run, and it's just it strangling yeah. it. No, I agree. So, it's hard to be super positive in that. It was it wasn't like it, like it wasn't a terrible issue. It just it like all the Jason stuff we hate. We want them gone, um, and then the the Silver Swan stuff, which we were enjoying, did have a kind of a rushed, oh no, it's over kind of feeling to it. Uh, yeah, art was nice. Doctor Psycho hint was cool. Uh, yeah, not not the worst issue, but far from the best. Um, yeah, if you don't know who Doctor Psycho is, but he's he's, like a, he's a telepath, so he's he's inside the head of the Doctor, presumably at the end there when you see him in the reflection. Yes. I did. He's the one controlling him at that point. Uh, so there you go. That's. Uh, Short and sweet, but not a whole lot to say on Wonder Woman this month, or this week. That'll take us on, however, to The Flash, number 40, Joshua Williamson writing Carmine DJ Domenico on the art, and oh baby, oh baby, I don't know if you're as positive on this as I am, but oh baby. I'm pretty positive, I got G. Domenico back on art, so... Yeah, but, uh, so so we love the annual, set up a bunch of great stuff, yep. um... Of course, with Wally, then we pretty much all like seven hundred as well. Uh, you know, well thirty nine. You know what I mean? That that that, that yeah. some issue. Uh, with with Grodd, you felt menacing. It's you know paying off in all these different threads that have popped up. Avery's in the book and everything, along with young Wally, and it's all going off. And this issue is ma- uh, first half of it's mainly just Grodd with Barry, and he eventually takes his power. He the the, you know, the, the Mina and the Vision. Raging, what we pronounce them? Raging. Raging. There you go. Uh, hook him up and drain him of his speed force. And Grodd then, like you know, he's he's basically taunting him. He see like sort of flashes of his life. And he's like, oh, you don't want everyone to know that without the powers, without the flash, oh, you're the, nothing. Those two double page spreads where you got Barry along mm. the bottom losing his power, and then the top in that purple glow of of you know the the the, the flash of his life. It's just gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's meant to be like negative speed force or something like that. Like, that's why it's tinted purple. That's uh, what I was yeah, I think so. Getting from it, uh, but then Grodd, like you know, in his flying chair, uh, takes him up into the sky above Central City and just drops him. 
uh, and he feels like so helpless. And obviously, Kid Flash and Avery are running around trying to help, but uh, not doing a great job of it. And uh, original Wally shows up and catches him. He saves him. He saves the day. It's a, it's a nice big moment. It's like, oh yes, original Wally, awesome. Yeah. And he even references that he, he saw he saw everything going on from Keystone. It's like, oh yeah, all right, he's over there. Like I said, he'd be uh, there's a little bit in that in Titans this week as well, uh, which I'll mention when I get there. Uh, see, that's interesting. This is uh, you know, see the end of the Flash annual. Mm-hmm. Him running here at the end. I thought that was almost the the exact moment from the end of that. Oh, really? I was wondering. Because, you know, that ends with him running across the city, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. It was the annual that did that, wasn't it? Or was that, was that 700? I'm, I'm getting confused now. I, I thought it was the annual that ended with Wally you know, running I... out in, across the city in the costume. I can't remember. Okay, fair enough. I can't remember which one it was. It doesn't really yeah. matter, really. But... It doesn't, but with, with the <laughs> with the caption box that said "See the annual," I thought, oh, this yeah. is that exact same moment almost. Yeah, yeah, it may very well be. Uh, but he uh, he shows up, he catches him, and Barry's like, "Crap, I have no powers." Uh, Grodd thinks he's won. Luckily, though, uh, Central City has a Flash, and he's like, "It's you." And we end in a page where Wally West is once again Prime Flash. Yes. And obviously, it's not going to be permanent. It's a temporary thing, but it's exciting. He's back in Keystone. I mean, you you say that it might be permanent come the end of Flash War. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Surely Barry's got his powers back for Flash War, though. Oh, he must do. They'll they'll give him, find a way to give him some. Oh, I'm assuming he's going to have them back by the end of this arc, and we'll have a nice big. Oh we'll, yeah. We'll have all four speedsters uh, running together side by side in a big double pitch spread by the end of this arc. I guarantee it. That that sounds very likely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to put money on it right now. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's a very pretty issue. Uh, I'm loving, obviously, I'm excited what it's doing with Wally. I love that it's making original Wally a main part of the book, a main supporting character. Finally. Yeah, it feels so like it's he's... It's only taken 40 issues. Yeah, but it feels like he's actually around. You know, Obviously, the Flash Annual kind of started that, and it's made him feel like he's really part of the, the core cast yeah. now. Which is which is great, and then you know, uh, but you know, it doesn't do it at the expense of Avery, or I mean, even Avery's like kind of not always around, but it's nice that she's popping back in and out. Uh, yeah, yeah, she has some common sense on her, going, you know, grabbing Kid Flash mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to get out of there. I'm, I'm uh, distinguishing them the, the Wallies that way for now. Uh, Kid Flash and Kid Flash and Wally. Kid Flash and Wally, yeah, for, for just for reference. Uh, but no, I, I I had a blast with us. I, I think it, it continued the momentum. Yep. Uh, of, of the last issue I, I didn't feel like it slowed down and I'm not making puns here I'm, the, the point I'm making is that you know sometimes you have the big milestone issue and then it feels like it slows right down the next issue as mm-hmm. it starts to like build things up I feel like this just completely kept moving I, I feel like often especially this is a, a part two of a story mm. and part twos are often the, some of the most sluggish parts but this is no, no, no full steam ahead because they usually want to give you a big bombshell in the first issue to keep you hooked and then yep. the second issue has to deal with a lot of the details that they kind of maybe brushed over in the first issue because they wanted to get to the big bombshell moment. And then it starts to sort of build more properly from maybe the third part onwards. But uh, now this felt like it just kept going. It felt like we built up to the meeting Grodd the entire last issue and we just got him at the end of the issue. So it, it, it made sense to me to devote almost half the issue to just Grodd, like, talking to him. There's just that monologue, yeah. essentially. And Grodd has a hell of a presence in this. Oh, he does, yeah. Because um, he takes his speed, and he's like, "That's not enough. Bring me the other speedsters." Like he's, you know, he's ready to like take take them on. A uh, lot, lot of apes this week in my comics. There is. I'm, I'm down for it. Uh, more that, more like, later you, as well. You, you literally just turn on the first page of this, so you get a big ape face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's menacing. He's intimidating. 
Uh, it's exciting to have Wally back in the main the main uh, yeah. picture, if you will. So, how, how we feel about Raijin? Um, he's alright. He's just kind of grudge henchman. I'm, I'm he, he is at the minute. It's kind of plot device, but yeah. he has such a cool de- design that I kind of let it slide a little bit more. I like Mina more because I think because Mina has the personal connection. It feels more like a yeah, more like a hit dramatically. So oh, definitely. Uh, so he's at least interesting out of the, out of the group, but. Uh, but he's fine. Like, I have no complaints necessarily. Yeah. No, cool. So, so it's a solid issue. No, really good. Uh, Flash, I, th- I think with 700 in the annual, we're probably back-to-back two of the best issues of the entire run. Uh, and I think this is continuing that feeling. Yeah, definitely. It's really hit, kick, hitting its stride now, isn't it? Yeah, hitting its stride. Picked up some momentum. Uh, yeah. we're, we're, all, we're all in on these puns this week for some reason. Yeah. We, we usually don't bother, surprisingly. It's racing ahead, full, full yeah. steam. I already did full steam. Sorry. Oh, ugh, so, so so sorry. Come on, get be original. <laughs> be original with your quick puns. It's electrics. The book's electric right now. It's got energy. So driving oh, force. Yeah, speed force, bro. <laughs> um, but no, uh, really, really good. Uh, look forward to the next issue. Um, and I hope Williamson now that he's like really, really hitting his stride. I'm like, oh, you know, I hope this goes. To, like King's going to hundred with Batman. He, he keeps yeah, saying, I want a hundred from this. Now. Yeah, Williamson, just keep going. Get to a hundred. Just do the whole thing. Yeah. It's great. Uh, and he seems to love it and be into it. Like, I, I wonder if holding original Wally back this long was just part of like, no, no, that's a treat when I've like done a lot of other stuff. Like, I don't want to get to it yet. I, I wonder if he didn't want it to be seen as a crutch. Yeah, maybe. because I feel like if he'd brought this in at the start, people would have loved it. Because hey, Wally. But I, I, I wonder if he wanted to prove himself on his own terms. As, no, I but, can tell a Flash story. When you look at everything he's using right now, uh, Mina, original character set up by him, hero first, turn bad, all that. Yep. Uh, August set up, Godspeed. Then he's actually on a bit of a more redemptive sort of path yep. right now. Like There's so many things that he set up early on that have kind of grown and been part of this overall story. And he's dealt with Iris, he's dealt with Young Wally. Um, it feels like it's, it's almost the right time to start like okay right I've set up all my other things so now let's bring in original Wally and see what we do with him yeah and, and obviously the, the fact that he is so prominent at DC going forward you know he's involved with all the, the events and stuff like that yeah he's one of the writers on uh, No Justice yeah it makes me think okay no he might stick around on Flash for a while he'll be like like, you know, what, what he's in position with you know King and obviously mm. Snyder to be oh no we're going to champion the big long runs and be on books what, for a long time what's funny actually when the first No Justice images came out with the teams and our friend James said you know who's to say that's, that's Barry in the Flash so that could be Wally and I was like ah you're, I mean I wish it was but you're dreaming after this issue I'm like well you know it's not, not yeah, entirely see, impossible I know, I know that's possible but I still don't want it because that means we have to give him a traditional Flash suit and I don't want that Really? Yeah, I really like this this suit. I, don't I like know, it. I, 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 don't I, like... I, 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 I like the differentiates him a bit more. I like the suit. Um, but if there's only one of them, I'm actually all for just that more traditional flash suit. No, I, I, I like him do, doing his own thing and be like, no, this is this is more me. You just want the ginger hair out. That helps, I'm not going to lie. You just want the ginger hair floating in the wind as he's well, running. That helps. But I like that it, it, he differentiates. Like, no, I'm still the Flash, but I'm doing it, you know, slightly differently. I'm doing it my way rather than just be using the exact same costume. He's taking the the idea. Do you know I think the suit needs though? Goggles. Really? Yeah, Kid Flash with goggles. I like the, the goggles look. Okay. 
Okay. I'm not, I'm not opposed to goggles. I think it would just complete the the ensemble. Yeah. What do you think? Goggles with the red. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if goggles go so well with the red. Well, don't make, make them yellow goggles then. Make them stand out as being different. Well, maybe not yellow, because he's not got any yellow on his suit, but no. uh, the silver or whatever he's, he's got. The, 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 yeah, the bluey white. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, that's the flash. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on uh, to Supergirl number 18. Uh, Jodie Hauser and Steve Orlando writing. Carmen Carnero. That was that name again. On art. Uh, so this was the, the end of this arc. And we're, we left the last issue at school dance. And this this villain showed up uh, called The Evolutionist. And Supergirl's like, oh crap, I, I need to try and you know run and change out of Supergirl. You know, I'm in this dress. I need to go and you know get changed. And uh, Agent uh, Ochamp is like there, and she's like, watching out. And she actually, during the whole fight and all the chaos, she actually looks over at Belinda, the, the girl that Ben's there on a date with. Is like, hey, she thinks it's her. She thinks she's Supergirl. She's like, hey, why aren't you doing something? <laughs> Can I get, you know, help. God damn it. And Supergirl actually, we get a really classic two-page layout of Supergirl getting into a photo booth and changing into Supergirl in the photo booth. And one of the during the page, you get the the film strip. Of like her at different stages during the the transformation, mm, that's so cool. really cool page. Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, but she she fights uh, evolutionist, and we get like evolutionist backstory where she's from an alien planet where these aliens who claim to come and help came, but they unknowingly actually brought a disease that was harmless to them but was dangerous to her planet and killed their entire planet. So she's actually been convinced to like take out Supergirl because she sees Supergirl as like ruining this planet for everyone else. Uh, and I actually really, I mean, the design of Evolutionist is just whatever, it's kind of generic, but I actually really like the, the way the fight ended because Supergirl basically lets her kind of tap into her head and sees the end of the uh, the first arc where she was fighting like the cyborg Superman. And oh. it's, it's the moment where she's like, hey, like, I'm not here to improve them, we're improving each other. And it's like this idea, she's like, she, Evolutionist never considered the idea that, she, that Supergirl's not changing the world, she's letting the world change her. And I actually really like that idea that she's letting everyone around to like you know improve her as well. Uh, yeah. So it was a really really nice sort of sentiment in there uh, as well. And they set up some big stuff at the end. Uh, Kara and Ben have uh, some nice moments. They they walk in the beach after the dance and uh, have their first kiss, uh, and it's all kind of sweet. She gets all kind of like uh, heartfelt with them because he basically disses Supergirl and she looks all moody about it. But then he's then he starts complimenting her. So it's, it's actually kind of the opposite of the Lois and Clark thing where mm. he's really into Kara. But he's really not that fussed about Supergirl, uh, but it makes That's it a feel nice good because it's the first time that anyone's ever said nice things about Kara specifically. She's, uh, of course, she, she's yeah. never had like someone like, "Oh, you're Kara, you're amazing because you do all these things that are normal, mm. and not because you're Supergirl." And you know that's kind of what leads to the kiss, and they end up falling asleep in the beach. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's a nice moment. It's a nice kind of uh, into the into the arc. There was a big tease at the end though, because um, scientist lady, I forget her name. Uh, she basically figures out like all the tech that's been used that Bones, Director Bones for the DEO has been using for the uh, all these villains that he's been brainwashing into helping try and track down Supergirl. It turns out that uh, there's a new god behind it. Oh, okay. Makari, the uh, okay. one of the evil scientists from Apocalypse, uh, shows up at the end. Uh, big cliffhanger 
Uh, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm digging mm-hmm. this. Sounds, evil, sounds fun. Evil mad scientist from Apocalypse. I'm down with this. Uh, and I'm also down with Bones. I've been excited about him ever since he popped up. Uh, and I, I like the stuff with the Champ. After like, Supergirl gets rid of Evolutionist, uh, Agent of Champa comes up and he's like, okay, you're under arrest, Supergirl. He's like, really? You're going to arrest me here even though we're kind of both on the same side? And she kind of lets her fly off. And it's just, again, it's just building this, like, she's supposed to take her in, but she knows she shouldn't. Like, so there's a nice bit of humanity yeah. building in there as well. Um, no, I, I thought this was a, a solid end to the arc. Uh, obviously, this arc's easily been the strongest that the books had. Um, and I was happy to see in the last one, because there's another guest co-writer next issue, and then Jodie Houser's back for the one after that. So... Yeah, I wonder if Houser's busy, because I know she's doing... Um, she's just started a new book at Marvel, the, the new Star Wars book. Yeah, so, yeah. And she, she's doing Renew Your Vows over at Marvel, which I don't think is lasting much longer, admittedly, but... Uh, yeah, that's, that, that's what I was just wondering, because that's just started, so I wonder if, as she was starting and, up on that, she had to miss a month of this. And she's doing a Doctor Who book soon, so... Oh, really? Oh, you didn't hear about this? Oh, no, tell me more. Oh, uh, I don't know this because James was ranting and raving about it in you know old capital letters. But uh, she's doing the, the the new Doctor. Uh, she's doing like the Adventures of the Thirteenth Doctor for I think Titans does the Doctor Who books. This sounds amazing. Ah, uh, so she's done. That. When when does this start? Uh, well, they announced it, so I assume April or May. So, someone in there. I can't wait. <laughs> it has my money already. <laughs> uh, but hey. Uh, but I hope she sticks around Supergirl. I, I hope the fact that it's a co-writing job uh, means that she can divvy yeah. her time up. Because I, I think the Spider-Man book's ending, so if she's doing... See, this thing, with it being a co-writing, I assume she's doing all the scripting and Orlando's just doing the plotting at this point. Eh, possibly. I mean, with, with multiple co-writers coming on, it feels like, you know, because there's someone else next yeah. issue. To me, that says Orlando's uh, plotting it and then he's giving the plot to someone to script, which is obviously the, the longer part. Of, of the the job, I hope she says. I think she had a really positive effect in the book. Uh, oh, good. And I I hope that continues. Uh, but hey, uh, no, but I really like the issue. So um, oh, glad to hear it. Yeah. Uh, so that takes on to something else. Uh, the, I mean, obviously Matt's not here. Otherwise, Matt would be talking to me about these books. <laughs> but we also have New Superman and the Justice League of China number twenty. So this is the first one with a new name. Yeah. It is a little annoying. Matt's not here because. I have an obligation to listen and kind of... Yeah, yeah, you have to like where... f- facilitate the conversation a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whereas usually I can intend... Especially this one where I'm planning on reading it at some point, I intentionally kind of tune out. Oh, so oh no, you're getting details this week. I know, it's annoying. You're getting details this Damn week. Damn it, and... Matt, you prick. So, not only do we have the 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 Lantern, Lantern Corps of China, is what they're calling themselves, uh, they show up... I've missed so much. They show up to arrest the Justice League of China, who are now gone rogue. They're just on their own as the Justice League. All right? Uh, uh, Delaney and Baxi are a proper couple now, to the point where Avery's, like, cracking jokes that she doesn't want to hang out with them because it's, like, been around a romantic comedy. Uh, there's even some fun stuff. Where they're, they're, they're skiing. They're on, like, a little ski break. And uh, at one point, Delaney's like, hey, giant panda. And Baxi's like, I'd kill anyone else for calling me that, but from you, it's kind of cute. And she's like, no, 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 giant panda. There's a guy in a panda suit at the bottom of the ridge. But uh, good stuff. It turns out it's an evil guy uh, and, you know, chaos happens and the team come in to fight. Uh, Keenan ends up with, like, he ends up, like, having kind of a new power where he punches them so hard that it kind of, like, creates, like, a reaction. And it's like, oh, how did I do that? A reaction. What does the reaction do? 
it's kind of like a explosion of white light as he punches him. And it's like, like, a, like a shockwave. Kinda, kinda. It's hard to explain. But he uh, he goes into his, like, the, his mind, you know, into meditates and talks to um, uh, Ying and Yang and tries to, like, you know, figure that okay, stuff I, out. Okay, I've definitely missed a lot on this book. Yi Cheng being one of them and then he's, he's, he's opposite being right, the other. Okay. Uh, yeah, you, you've missed a lot. But this is all going on, uh, and it's setting stuff up. But the, the, the fun of the book has always been the characters, and the stuff in this one is great, because you got Keenan, who is trying to not be a douchebag, this issue. So he's trying, he, he keeps like almost saying a really douchebaggy thing, and then stopping himself and going, no, um, I'm glad you're okay, Batman. And like stuff like that. And like Avery's like, basically edging him on, trying to like make him... Like slip, make him be a dick. Yeah, and he ends up kissing her because they're having this like weird, awkward tension at one point. And he ends up kissing. He's like, "Oh, you're so predictable, Keenan." And he kisses. He's like, "Oh, how predictable is that?" <laughs> and she's like, "Oh." And they keep like having this more awkward tension as it goes on. And he's like, "Oh, that was a mistake. I didn't mean to do that." He's like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. And then he says something really douchebag. He's like, "Ah, oh, there's the Keenan I know and love." I, did I say love? I didn't mean love. And so there's just this fun back and forth with that. Um, and that's that's kind of what's going on. The actual real excitement of the book, though, is that the, the, the other plot going on in this this issue is it's setting up the Aquaman of North Korea. <laughs> I, I didn't know that this is where this book was going. Aquaman of North Korea. So, you know how the books normally, it's got black text, but every so often there'll be some English and that'll be in blue. Uh, not yeah. Koreans in red. So we had some red text in this issue. And this kid is taken out of class by the, the government uh, to be in question. He doesn't know why. And you sort of tell him when he sweats, he gets really wet. Like, he actually starts sweating water. <laughs> you know, a lot of water. Like, more than what people do. People do tend to Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, it's actually, like, they actually draw a lot of water, like, dripping from him <laughs> as he's sweating. Because yeah. he's nervous. And they're, they question him because he's got a TV that's been rigged up to receive transmissions from uh, outside the country. Which, you know, is a big no-no. Uh, being North Korea, and we actually see at the start he's like drawing what looks like it's about to be Homer Simpson, just enough that they don't have to clear it for copyright. But you can just tell that's what he's about to start drawing. Like he's, he's done right. a bit of the head and the eyes, and he's getting the, there. The round at the top is yeah. it? Yeah, and uh, basically, like, oh, why have you got a TV? To trans, you know, get transmissions from outside the country. He's like, I like cartoons. There's this one one thing about a yellow family, and he, he's like, oh, the, the 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 son's very funny. He always says, uh, what was the phrase? He says, uh, Ah, oh, something about a, have a cow man or something like that. One of Bart's old, like yeah. dumb phrases, and they're like, and he, start, he starts laughing about it. But he, they, they basically start beating him up. They start attacking him for, for you know going against the state. And his water power, he keeps like more water keeps like thinking. And then a big giant crab monster comes out of the water and is like, "Hey, come with me." <laughs> And the end of the book is that the Justice League get a call that there's something from the North Korean border and they get there and there's these big giant crabs and they're like, ah, big giant crabs! So that's a big cliffhanger for the next issue. This book is fantastic. I love everything about it. I, I have no idea what I just listened to, but it sounds awesome. Characters are great. I'm loving the Lantern Corps being this, like, you know, automated police force for the... Uh, for for the you know, for Dr. Omen and her, her crew and I, I like uh, the, the build of this Aquaman. Way more than I thought I would. I just, what is DC doing when we have a book where we're getting a North Korean Aquaman, and that's a success? <laughs> I love it so much. And then the uh, you know just all the characters like I, I love Baxter and Delane. I love that they're building like Keenan and Avery, which is a very 
uh, you know, antagonistic relationship, but you can tell us some chemistry there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do the whole thing. I love it. New Superman's great. Get new Superman. Support it, please. It's fantastic. Good. Yeah. All right. That's about Sideways Number One, which is the next book from the DC uh, or the New Age of DC Heroes. Dark Matter. I like to bear well, well, it. One day you'll get that right the first time. They called it Dark Matter originally, and it was better because it was just a nice, you know, easy title. But hey, whatever. It was. All right. So we're fifty-fifty on them before this between us, really. Are we? Well, you know, damage was kind of eh, but we, me and you were quite positive on uh, Silencer. Oh, true. Yeah, we like Silencer. So I'd say fifty-fifty. This is you know being the third one. Yeah, so anyways, this is a he's kind of Spider-Man-y, but he like um, he basically cr- creates tears in reality to jump through them to teleport. That's basically yes. what he's doing, and. Uh, so Dan DiDio and Justin Jordan are the, the writers on this, and then Kenneth Rockefort's on the art. And this issue kind of takes its time to kind of introduce us to him, his best friend Ernie. Uh, Derek's the name of the kid who's got the powers, who's sideways. And introduces to them, it gives us a little bit of a flashback to explain. And this is the one that's the most tied into Metal so far, because it actually sets up that he got his powers because uh, he was in Gotham when the mountain appeared back yeah. in the, the start of Metal. So, okay, all right, so that ties in. Um, we see him at class, and then we see that he, he keeps jumping around because he, he wants to be in his suit, and basically he starts to hear this voice, and then this godlike entity is not happy that he's ripping holes in the space-time continuum. <laughs> so he shows up at the end, which I thought was weird that that was the preview from all the... Remember when it was at the end of all the books you had previews for these? Yeah, the I never pre- looked at any of them, though. Yeah, the preview was the end of the book. It was this you know godlike entity showing up at the end. Which I thought was really strange. I but... get it. They wanted to tell you what the hook of the series is, rather yeah, I than guess. what the first issue is. It was strange for me, though. The hook of a series like this is the character stuff. It's the teen drama. It's this. It's him and his friend. It's that's the stuff I care about. I, I, I appreciate that in general, yeah. but I think when you're selling it like, with those previews, which are essentially your trailer, you go, "Okay, here's the action. Here's, I get it. here's what the big thing is." To be fair, though, I always complain that the trailers focus on the wrong things as well. But you know, yeah, you know. yeah, me too. Um. But yeah, so it's, it's setting up that whole, he's hiding from his parents, his parents don't know he's got a power, so it's doing that whole thing. Uh, much like the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, in which Joyce Summers did not know her daughter was a slayer. I'm surprised we lasted as long as we did today. <laughs> uh, so how did you feel about it? Did you like it? Uh, I think it's alright. Hmm. I, I don't love it. I think it's way too wordy. There's okay. so much, there's, there's just far too much dialogue for, for what's going on, and it, it doesn't feel like it needs it. I think it's going for that really chatty teen kind of thing. Yeah, but it's not working for me, that stuff. It's just too much. Uh, it didn't bother me too much. It could get get a lot uh, with more issues. Um, I, I kind of like uh, Derek and his friend Ernie. They seem seem nice. Yeah, they seem fine. I don't really have a, a big sense of them. There's not too much of them like, in terms of who there's they not, are, really. There's not a whole lot. And it, yeah, it's kind of just slaying the ground. I, I, I think this is the problem when you've got a new a new series about a completely new character and concept is that you, you like I feel like it can never be actually that engrossing unless they just decide not to do any of the explaining in the first issue and just give you like a moment, which is kind of I guess the silencer kind of did that because it kind of put you into the, the, the midst of this action scene where it was like okay, what's you know there's tension I, here. I, I, but... I think I learned a lot about the silencer through context of yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, as the issue went on rather than it just telling me everything whereas this kind of just goes through and goes this is what's going on this is what this kid is i think that's fair i think that's fair i think this was better than damage though oh definitely yeah no, better than no, damage no that. not as good as silencer although i feel like the concept of this has more potential than silencer if that makes sense yeah that's fair i, I, I agree with that 
Um, I, I'm down to reading another issue though. It, it didn't put me off reading more and checking no, no, no. out see see how it how it progresses an issue too. Uh, especially since like actually talking to this big god guy and maybe seeing you know where yeah, that might, leads. Yeah, that'd be fun. I I, want to see how he interacts with a figure like this. Mm. And then maybe we'll get more of the hiding from the parents next issue and sort of see how that's going to play out. And Mm. like, what is he actually. Because right now, like, the the plot is basically this thing's upset that he's doing what he's doing. Uh, You know, what what actually is the plot when he starts to, like, stopping bad things from happening? Is he saving people? What's he doing? I I think that's part of my concern with this. Not necessarily the book as a whole, but it'll be this opening arc. Mm. It might have started too big. Yeah, it may have been better to give him an arc first where he's just been a hero and saving people and then have someone show up and say, hey, you can't be doing this for these reasons. Yeah, sh- show me him in action. I mean, we, we see him jumping around a bit. We don't see him do anything, really. Yeah. Uh, uh, it would have been nice to see him in action, see what he can actually do. Yeah. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm relatively hopeful. I, I, just, like, I think right now it's too early to call one way or the other. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it's, I think there's potential there. And we'll, we'll see what it does. Obviously, the art's pretty good. Uh, Rocky Fort's uh, really, yeah, really Rocky solid. Yeah, Rocky Fort is solid. Yeah. Uh, it means he's not on a Red Hood anymore, so... It does. It's an upgrade. It does. That said, Soy's alright, so... Yeah, Red Hood keeps getting good arts for some reason. It just keeps happening. I don't, don't know why. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought it was okay. I, I thought it was okay. I, I think there's potential... Um, Again, it's it's mostly the idea of a good teen book because you know I read Blue Beetle for a while and I kind of fell out of it for whatever reason. It just mm. the the plot wasn't good enough yeah. to kind of keep me in. I think that's my worry with this one as well. Like it, it's 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 a pretty decent issue, but I'm a little disappointed and underwhelmed based mm. on what I wanted out of the book off the gate. Yeah, but it's not a bad issue by any means. Yeah, um, just a little bit underwhelming maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas maybe that's why we liked Silence of that bit more because we had really quite low expectations for that going in. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think we'll read issue two and see see to how it grabs us with that. Yeah. Um, obviously, the next one we're getting, the next issue one we're getting is uh, Terrifics at the end of the month. So. Oh, obviously, very excited for that one. Uh, yeah, obviously, very excited. So hopefully, Lemire does not disappoint. Uh, Lemire never disappoints when he puts his mind to it. See, that's that, that's that last part that I worry about, when he puts his mind to it. I, I would agree, but this is his, you know, kind of his big return to DC. Mm-hmm. He, he's putting his mind to this. This is, this is his, his Fantastic Four. Which it is. This, presu- this, is, which this presu- is what Marvel wouldn't let him do. Yeah, Marvel said no to this, and he's like, oh, fine then. Hey, DC, can I do a Fantastic Four book? I'll just pick some different characters and go for it. Yeah, ex- exactly. That's exactly what happened. There's my Mr. Fantastic, there's my thing, there's my Invisible Girl. That, that's how I know he's he's putting his mind into this, because this is something he wanted to do mm-hmm. and wasn't allowed. That's, that's, that's a Ra- solid thing, I think. Rather than just DC have pitched it to him and gone, hey, do you want to do this? All right, well, I'll take his on. I'm going to talk about Titans 18 a little bit. Obviously, I've not spoken about Titans for a little while. Uh, 18? I thought it was on, like, 20. No, 18 this week. Uh, I think the last time I spoke about this was maybe like five issues ago, something like that, four or five issues ago, because uh, it was like right in the middle of that arc where it felt like every issue was a fight because of this future uh, Donna Troy. <laughs> um, last issue, the Titans kind of were forced to disband by the Justice League because like, hey, this, this might end badly because there's future versions of you coming and causing chaos, uh, which seems very hypocritical from the Justice League, I'm not going to lie. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's ne- never been anything bad from there in, has there? Especially since right now in the Justice League book, it's like all about how their their existence has been manipulated and used for bad things. So like, I don't know where they get yeah. off and being on this high horse, but whatever. Um, so this issue is... Stu- just understands the Justice League better than Abnett, clearly. Uh, possibly. That's the thing, though. I feel like... I don't know if this was Abnett's choice, though. Uh, I don't know. I, I will concede that it because, might not be on this one. Because I wonder... It feels kind of like maybe this is laying the groundwork for all the changes that are maybe going to happen when No Justice kicks in. Here's what I'll say: is the team disbanding may not have been his choice. You know, that mm. may have been like, okay, you got to do this. This is kind of got to go that that direction. But I feel like using the Justice League and their justification for it was probably his call. Oh, maybe I, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. But mm. the so this is the start of an arc, which may be the last arc of the book potentially. I, I mean, I don't know if the if Titans and Teen Titans are being cancelled or if they're just going to keep the numbering and they'll have new teams post No Justice and all that stuff. Uh, it's hard to say at this point. But uh, this arc, arc is the teams all separate; they're all disbanded, and this this issue focuses mainly on Roy, uh, who's trying to like sort of deal with a drug uh, empire that's going on. Uh, and then Cheshire shows up, and they kind of have a weird, uneasy alliance. And then by the end of the issue, it turns out that she wasn't there because she claims she was hired by a bunch of people whose lives were ruined by drugs. It turns out though, she's actually working. Funny enough, um, the brain, oh. the the brain, and he's he's a what's his is uh, Mala? There you go, Mala, right? That's his ape. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Basically, she's working for them, and she was to get the drugs for them. And and screwing over Roy, she not only has sex with him, she actually gives him drugs, like like without him realizing it. So he's oh, actually that's big for Roy. Yeah, he wakes up and he's like, "Oh, I feel like you know a wreck. Like what happened?" And he sees like the drugs laid out and stuff. Um, now you don't see him actually getting like you know taking them necessarily. Uh, so they could swerve it and say that it's just like he just thinks he did. He's just worried that he did, but. Mm. Given her dialogue, when she's like, oh, yo, I, I sent him on a trip that he won't come back from, it sounds like she probably dosed him. And, yeah, poor, poor Roy. Especially because at one point he's on the phone with Donna, and obviously they had a bit of a, you know, a bit of a connection. And, you know, Donna's, like, trapped in the watchtower, uh, kind of against her will, and Wonder Woman's trying to come from and say, oh, you're not a prisoner, we're just trying to look out for you, make sure you're okay before we send you back out, and she's trying to you're help You're not him. a prisoner, you just can't leave. <laughs> uh but hey ho uh, and I'll say a scene that I did quite like though it was Dick helping Wally move into his new apartment because mm. you know it kind of followed on from the the, the flash and he looks, it kind of feels in universe and uh, he's like hey you know it doesn't matter the team is disbanded I can still help you move because he's like should we be doing this are we not meant to like, stay away from each other like yeah we're meant to not be titans like we're friends I can help you move house this is even though yeah. Wally's got super speed he does not need help moving house just for it's, the record it's, it's the offer I know but he's a speedster he can just do it in like a second yeah, but he still has to put the effort in and do it. Yeah. Uh, so they sit on the couch and just talk about being best friends. That's basically... That was it. Um, it, was a, it, was, it was actually a pretty decent issue, uh, mainly because because they're all separate, it felt like it was doing lots of different plots. So it wasn't the, the best thing ever, but it actually felt kind of like you wanted out of a Titans book to an extent, because they're all actually doing things and it feels like there's multiple things happening. The big problem with Titans for, for a lot of its run was during the first arc with the... Uh, what's his face, Ekadabra, and then that, that, that arc with the future Donna Troy, is it felt like it was like five issues of the one same fight just continuously happening. Honestly, I feel like my biggest problem with the book is it, it never knew what it wanted to be. Because it, it, it kind of coasted by on, hey, we've got Wally. 
Well, yeah, I, I think that was the, the the symptom of that, though, is that it was just like at five issues of the same fight. Yeah, because it, it didn't know what to do, so it was like, well, uh, fight, that'll do. And I wonder if actually setting up for leaving is actually the best thing that Abnett's it, had going for It's got direction, for. yeah. Yeah, because he's actually like, okay, I've got my little end game in mind. Because uh, I'm sure they're going to all come and fight together by the end of this arc, because they'll need to. But, oh, yeah. Uh, it feels like it probably is the swan song, and then No Justice will lead to you know, either the book being uh, relaunched as something else, or a new team, or or whatever. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. When, when does new, uh, No Justice start again? Uh, May is the, the month where it's May. Okay. all happening, yeah. So May's quite a big yeah. month for DC. We're going to have a lot of exciting stuff to talk about in May. We are, we are. It's going to be busy. Yeah, uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, but I thought it was worth mentioning, just to see what they're doing. I'll probably... I'll, not necessarily talk about it next month, but when maybe when we get towards No Justice. Yeah, yeah maybe the end of the arc. Yeah. Uh, I'll check back in on it. And, I mean, I've been reading it anyway, but I'll, I'll check back in then. Um, but hey, so that, that was Titans 18. Uh, it was Paul Politeer on art, by the way, uh, which uh, that's the upside of having Abnet or, or having Booth on, on action, is that I got to this and I'm like, oh, the art's not bad. <laughs> which would you prefer the art to be better on, though? Uh well, normally I'd say action, but like, this arc's not been that great, so I don't really care that much. No, oh, well, that's fair. It's kind of like whatever, you know, six and a half a dozen at this for, for right now. And the one thing here that you've got going for Titans is this is the first issue of an arc. That's true. With, without Booth, so it might be precedent of this is the whole arc without him. I I think he'll be gone. Yeah, if he's helping out in action, he's probably gone for the rest of this book. What a shame. I know that was sarcastic, but it actually is a good thing. Like, I'm really... It's yeah. good, it's good, yeah. It, it, it is, yeah. Yeah. So, hey. Uh, but, so, that was, that was Titans, uh, which does leave just one last thing for this episode, book-wise, and that is Connor's Corner, uh, the Patreon tier, of course, which makes him read a book of the person's choosing, and our patron David, of course, is just making him read Red Hood and the Outlaws seemingly forever. Uh, so, this is issue 15, Scott Lobdell, Dexter Soy. How was it? Well, I mean, we uh, we have the detective comics team involved in the book quite heavily. Hmm. He manages to make me get. He gets them wrong. Like, <laughs> that's the that, that's the He just gets them wrong. He's got you know he's got Clayface doing doing some you know lines with Cass, and that sounds you know, okay. That sounds right. No, 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 no. It does so far. Okay. Wait for it. He's doing his thing, and then he's like, "Cassie, are we doing this or what?" And she goes, "A what?" And that's it. She doesn't. She doesn't get involved in doing the lines back. When have you ever seen her turn down that that, that opportunity with Clayface? Unless that, like, I mean, are they done by the end this year? Or are they still in the next one? Do you think? Is it like you know, start of a two? Um, uh, they're, they're kind of there, but like they they kind of win the fight at the end. So that... I assume they're going to be around. That feels weird if it's not setting up something. Like, you know, oh, she's mad at him for some reason, so maybe they'll explore that next no, issue. No, no, it was just the rest of them. They're all in the room. Like, they're all there talking and planning what they're doing, and then Clayface and he's off off to one side. It's like, hey, Cass, do you want to do this? And she's just like, nah. Yeah, that's weird. I don't, I... It, it is really weird. I, I, don't I didn't get it. Um, another thing I hated, I, 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 well, I mean, I'll, I'll brush through the, the plot here a little bit, I guess. Uh so Bizarro basically go. They, they notice that Bizarro's ship is up there, and you know that that huge giant one that was I was mentioning last month. If you recall, the huge city block size ship. I really don't. But continue. Okay. Well, he sends them a message going, 
hey, if you're reading this, you're probably, you know, crime fighters or vigilantes. You know, you're no longer needed in Gotham. And then signs it, the outlaws. And, you know, Kate explains, well, hey, I know who the outlaws are. It's, it's, it's you know, that prick Jason and, and his friends, supposedly. I mean, to be fair, Kate might actually fit in better with Red Hood and the Outlaws now. <laughs> she, she might. <laughs> Given some recent choices, she might, she might fit that team better. No, she might. She might. I mean, maybe she'd be Batwoman and the Outlaws. Oh, there you go. I actually kind of like the idea that the redheads are all kind of segregated because they're all the, the villainous ones. Jason and Kate together. <laughs> I'm not I'm not taking the bait. Not not taking the bait. <laughs> Especially as Jason's not really red-headed. Is he not? No, he's got a red hood, like helmet, but... He used to be a redhead, though. I'm not making this up. He was ginger. I don't think he was. J- Jason was ginger. Don't... Oh, this is... Okay, you try not to claim him. <laughs> it's not mine. <laughs> it's... It's... It, 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 it's, he's got black hair. He's like all the, all the Robins. No, he does now, but he used to be ginger. Did he? I'm sure. I'm sure Jason Todd was ginger. Hold on, I'm looking this up. You continue. <laughs> I don't recall that at all. But anyway, um, they somehow capture Bizarro. Like uh, he he's losing his mind a little bit. He's devolving back to Bizarro Bizarro instead of Genius Bizarro. Oh, so you're happy about that? I am. It's 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 not going quick enough. But yeah, uh, they they sneak Clayface up there somehow onto the ship and capture Bizarro that way. And they come and bring him down and they lock him in this chair that's. Uh, you know, designed to hold someone. Can't remember now. Maybe it was just Clayface. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, they, they they've got him locked down. And then, of course, Jason and Artemis show up because they've got Bizarro and teammates, and you know, fight ensues as expected. Now, here's the bit that makes me angry. You, you ready for this? Uh, yeah. You, sorry, have, have you found out if he was redheaded or not? Yeah, I'm just looking for the exact quote here from uh, this wiki here. Um, Where's the phrase I was looking for? Do 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 do. God, it was in the it was in the preview on Google. It's annoying. <laughs> I can't find it in the actual text. Yeah, he had red hair. He said he was distinguished by his red hair. Distinguished. Distinguished. Dist- distinguished. Really. Yes. I mean, he was a ginger. I, I, feel like, I feel like this is bullshit because I, <laughs> I, I just googled Jason Todd first appearance and click on the images and he's definitely got black hair. Google Jason Todd red hair. There's nothing but images of him with red hair. Maybe, maybe there was a point where he had it. <sighs> so, you know, I, I accept here there are images of this, but <laughs> not, in, not at first. Not, not, not in his earliest appearances. He wasn't. I, I think he, I think he was t- dying his hair at first because he, he was ashamed <laughs> of his gingerness, something like that. Uh, maybe gingers don't dye your hair black. It doesn't look good. It never does. <laughs> I've, I've known some who've done it. It always looks atrocious. Is that your you brothers? A, not, to... not my brothers. No, no. no. You, you will get a big orange patch at the top of your head within about two days. <laughs> it doesn't so, take long. So bullseye from above. Yeah, it, it doesn't take long to show. But anyway, the thing that I really hated in this fight. So, you know, you got um, a few of them taking the bizarros, you know, fighting away. And um, Kate puts in this pill. Like, she slips in this pill that uh, turns all the oxygen in his lungs to silicon. So that kind of, you know, knocks him down a little bit, which is fine. 
Um, you've got uh, Batwing basically tasers Red Hood, which is uh, cool. Th- yeah, I-, I knew this was a thing. I knew this was a thing. Okay. Uh, right. So, Batman and Robin number five, I think from the New 52. Right. So, he pulled off his suit. He had red hair. People are wondering, why does he have red hair? He claims that Batman <laughs> made him dye his hair so he was more like Dick Grayson. <laughs> Sorry, so this is a new 52 retcon that you're judging this off. Look, I knew you had red hair. I knew I wasn't just making this up. There was a it's ginger... It's a new 52 retcon. There was a ginger thing, okay? There was gingerness to... to, to... So, so, hang on. What we've established here is, in Jason's entire history, he was ginger for a small period of the new 52. And they retconned no, 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 it. No, they retconned it so he was always ginger, but he had been dying his hair. And now he's just dying it again? For... Yes. No, this is bullshit. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not having it. He's not ginger. I do this thing. didn't count. I wasn't making this up. All right, but you can't blame me for not knowing this one. This is a, a, a New 52 retcon. This isn't... Oh, he was, he was oh, actually no, no. ginger. It may not have been New things. 52. It may have been Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin. Right, okay. Ah, it was writer Grant Morrison's change or ad restoration, whatever you want to call it. Oh, yes. Yes. It didn't last very long, did it? Because he definitely, he definitely wasn't ginger in the New 52, was he? I, was, I don't know. I read one issue of that Red Hood series. No, I know, but whenever he popped up. Oh, uh, dear. Uh, this uh, is an entire article on it, by the way, that I'm looking at. I, I don't want to know. He's not ginger. He's not one of ours. The Red Hair Conundrum, love it or hate it. That is the article I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's from Tumblr, so it's not like maybe a proper full-on article, but it's still, it's a big text thing with that title. Anyway... So the thing in the fight I really hated. Like, you know, so yeah, Batwing tasers Jason. That's fine. Do you want to know the only member of the detective team who goes down, or at least you know gets takes a, a notable mm-hmm. hit at any point? Like this is bearing in mind you've got Bizarro wailing around, and you know you got Batwing taking a smack from from him, and but he's he's fine. He, he's getting up and tasering Red Hood, no problem. Cass. Oh God. What? what? Artemis gives her like this backhanded punch. She just basically does that, you know, like that, into Cass, and it's like, yeah, you're you're formidable, but you're not you're not an Amazon. Uh, and then Clayface has to punch out Artemis. I'm like, really? Like, Cass like, does like, nothing in this fight except get punched in the face by Artemis. Look, if you wanted to give me a fight between Cass and an Amazon and have ultimately Cass be beat because she's fighting someone who's not human, I'll accept that. Don't just don't don't do the Hulk beats Loki in a second thing. Don't do that. No, no, that's the, the, like oh. she she oh. doesn't go down. She goes she kind of goes you know across and then Clayface pummels her so the fight's over. But that's Cass's only action in this oh. entire fight. Every everyone else oh. is doing stuff. She's a jobber. She jobs in this fight. No, I, I hate it. Like I, oh. I really hate this. What they fed Cass to Artemis like she was nothing. That is upsetting. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. And then anyway, so they're all beat. They're all lying on the floor. Hazrael says, "Ah, oh, you know, now what?" And Kate says, "Now we call her." And I'll be honest, I was like, "Okay, who's her?" Um. Oh, and there's like a caption from Bizarro, who's lying on the floor. But this is apparently all part of his plan, because the Kate even addressed that. It's like, "Hey, you're smart. You let Clayface take you, take you." Hmm. But he he just says, "Splendid" in his caption box. So, presumably this plan. I'll be honest, at first I didn't realise who her was. Because I was like, who's her? The only reason I've got it is because I actually just read at the bottom, you know, it does the, the next issue and it gives you the little thing. Mm. It says her, 
dot 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 and the Suicide Squad. I've gone. Oh, okay. So her is Waller. Ah. I've gone. Hey, hey. These are some villains. Do you want to take these? Exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm really annoyed that they got cast so wrong. Wouldn't, wouldn't do lines with Clayface. Put, put, put them back on uh, Connor Kent for uh, Matt. Do you really want to face that rage? Just keep him, keep him away from Cass. That's all I'm saying. <sighs> that, <that's... laughs> no, I hate this. This, 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 this is becoming some of my most hated stuff in the book. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh dear. There was a point where I saw, oh, that, that's a Bizarro arc. That might not be so bad. I like Bizarro. But and he, it's not and he, really Bizarro. And you got Brainy Bizarro. And then you've yeah, got, I, I don't want this. No one wants this. And then you've got Lobdell butchering Cass and what that. That's what, I don't think a detective team will be around next issue then if it's going to be Suicide Squad. I feel like... Yeah, was, they might be around a little bit because they yeah. kind of you know call them in and have a little bit of a conversation. It, it feels like but... it's going to be a, it's like a, it's like a rotating like guest appearance team of some kind. It does. It does. And you know what, that's the thing. Most of the team aren't even that badly treated. They kind of don't do a lot. They just stand around. But uh, the fact that they do that to Cass is just insulting. Oh. Okay, I, I guess. Uh, does that wrap us up then? Does that wrap you up? It, it does. It does. I'm, I'm finished being angry for the month. All right. Uh, so I'll take us on. Picking our favourites of the week. That is uh, our favourite panel slash moment, our favourite cover, our favourite art. Uh, and our top five books of the week. Uh, Matt did send on his. He forgot to do his uh, best uh, cover, but he did the rest. So we do have Matt picks for for everything. Uh, so panel slash moment is the the first one we normally do. And what did Matt pick for that? I think he was tricky here because he put down two. He put down this or that. Hang <laughs> on, what did he go with? Bigger. He said end of wild hunt with the apes of fifty three. Uh, of course. Of course he did. Uh, and also the last page of The Flash. Uh, you're The Flash now. Uh, low-hanging fruit. I see. Yeah. Low-hanging yeah. fruit. That said, I can't really fault it too much. Uh, because I don't know what I'm picking. Like, I'm thinking about it. I'm, you know, I'm, look- I'm looking at Whale Ton. I'm looking at other stuff I love this week from, say, Flash. Say, Tech. Uh, part of me wants to pick Cash ripping off the, the Bat logo. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. Off Kate, uh, I can't deny the the you're the Flash now. Uh, that's pretty good. It's very good. Although now I'm hearing Sean Connery in my head. You know, you know the you're the you're the man now, dog. That that line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the Flash now, Wally. I'm just I'm hearing that. Uh, but to be different, to be different, I'm going with Cash ripping off the the bat logo. Okay. I felt the emotion in that scene, so I'm going with that. No, no. Um, mine's also from Flash. But I'm going to did hmm. di- opposite end of the book. I'm going to the very first page. Oh, that just that page of Grodd when you when I, when I opened it and I was like, okay, that's what I'm opening on. I was like, you know, that sets me up. Hmm. I thought it was a really imposing image that that was like, okay, I like this. I really want I want Grodd to start using. I mean, I'm sure he's probably said it at some point in the history of the comics, but I really want him to you know consistently start using Neil before Grodd. Oh yeah, yeah. And then, I, and then I want Zod to hear him say it at some point when there's like a sort of you know either Legion of Doom or Injustice League arc, and be like, "Hey, that's my thing," and I want them to fight over it. It's probably already happened. It probably has. It's it's, too, so it's an obvious thing, but I want it. All right. 
This, this is the thing where if we had Matt here, he could probably tell us. Probably, yeah, he'd probably tell us, yeah. Uh, next up, we pick our best cover of the week. Matt didn't pick his. Uh, I'm actually going with the Wonder Woman variant. Uh, obviously, the, the, the covers for the variants for Wonder Woman for the last while have all been pretty good. I've not necessarily been in super automatic, you know, best cover of the week mode with those. Like, uh, no, I feel like no, you guys this have. This one's gorgeous, though. But this one, uh, it's like the image is it's Wonder Woman's face, but in these feathers with yeah. the white background, it is just beautiful. So that is a shout out as well to the Action Comics variant, which is a really nice uh, painting. Yeah, of. that's um, Carrie Andrews, yeah. you know, who we mentioned in the uh, the news, I believe. Hmm. Oh, we forgot to talk about a book. Did we? Yeah, Young, Young Monsters in Love. I forgot that was this week. I forgot to write that on my list. Oh yeah, I, I didn't read it. Oh, did you not? I saw the price and went, you know what? I don't want to read this. We started half an hour late so I could finish it. Well, you can talk about it. I, I guess I can. Oh. I mean, should, should, do you want to finish off these bits first? I, yeah, yeah, we'll finish off this and then I'll talk about your monsters in love. <laughs> oh, damn. I forgot to put it in the list, so I just completely... Because it wasn't this week. Yeah, oh. uh, I get you. Silly bugger. Anyway, yeah. uh, so I cover. Yeah, Wonder Woman variant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's it. I, I, I was very tempted with that. That's like I'm, I'm torn between two, but as you've picked that... I'll just go with the other one, which is the the Supergirl variant. It is really good. Those those uh, art germ variants have been really nice. It's not my yeah. favorite outfit though, which is why I've not really dug it's it. It's not, but the... I love I love the the style. Yeah, uh, I've I've loved his covers though uh, since he started them. Uh, the next one is her two thousands outfit. The the white top. No, 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 white top. The just oh. the, uh, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Blue skirt. Uh, yeah. 2000s one. Okay, because I know, I know the white top one's coming up in the next couple. Well, I think the 2000 was the last one, so maybe that's before the... It revealed on Twitter this past week, this is my last variant for Supergirl. Right, okay. And that was that one, so I, I just assumed it was next, but maybe there's the white top one first. Yeah. Uh, but hey, so... Okay, so there you go, that's covers. Um, best art of the week. What are you thinking? Flash. Hands down. Matt also picked Flash. And yeah, it's probably Flash. It's not, not, not all, all, all the others are either not great or inconsistent. Oh, actually, there's an argument for New Superman. Actually, uh, I didn't read that, so that, that that's fair. I can't have that argument. Brent Peoples. It was a very solid. Uh, I'd probably be number two. I, I think Flash is still number one, but I think that I, I want to make a point of mentioning that because it, it, it was pretty good. Uh, Alright, so top five books. Matt's top five books were number one, Flash, number two, Wild Hunt, number three, New Superman, number four, Detective Comics, number five, Supergirl. Uh, what's your top five? Uh, Flash is number one. Uh, I'll go with Wild Hunt at two. Three, Detective. Eh, it gets a bit trickier here. Mm-hmm. Four, I guess sideways or action can i take your pick between those two for the last two all right um my number one is flash i am a number two is new superman and then wild hunt at number three uh supergirl at four and probably detective for number five i imagine yeah detective uh so i've got a very similar list to matt slightly different order but same five books hmm? uh, me, me and matt are very agreeable on week twos for whatever reason you are right. Like, you often have very, very similar lists. It's because we both read Supergirl and New Superman, and you don't. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, 
but no, uh, that's, that's all to be covered all though. Um, obviously a couple of weak issues in terms of action and Wonder Woman. Mm. But hey. they, they weren't the best, but they, they were serviceable. But hey ho. Uh, so that is the the top five uh, books of the week. Uh, so normally that's the end of the show, and I tell you what's coming next week, uh, which I'll do that first as well. Actually, just just so that's all out of the way. Because uh, you'll forget to do it otherwise. I'll forget to do it otherwise. That's exactly why I'm doing it there. Uh, so coming next week, we have Batman 41, Superman 41, Justice League 39, Green Lanterns 41, Nightwing 39, Aquaman 33, Batwoman 12, Super Sons 13. Damage number two is out next week. Um, I know one or two of us will probably give it a try. Uh, we're all kind of obviously mixed on it. I think I'm definitely going to give it a try, so at least I'll mention something about it. It'll probably be just you, to be honest. Um... Also next week is the first issue of uh, Liam Sharp's The Brave and the Bold Batman and Wonder Woman number one. I'm uh, so excited for that. Six issue miniseries. So that's starting next week, so that's pretty cool. Uh, also out next week, uh, although we will not be covering them, is Blue Beetle 18, which I think is the final issue. Uh, Trinity 18, Suicide Squad number 36, and I have written down Harley Quinn 38, but that seems to always have moved every time we get to it. So uh, Harley Quinn 38 is there. Oh, really? However, Blue Beetle is not. Oh, okay. All right, well, <laughs> that's how things have changed since the solicits, so that's that's what's happening next week. Um, so, yeah, normally that's the end of the show. Normally I'll say goodbyes and uh, plug a few final things. I will quickly just kind of mention the Young Monsters in Love uh, one-shot from last week. We, we skipped that because uh, we had the, the Swamp Thing special as well last week. Um, and it was Connor's decision to push it to this week, and then he didn't read it, the bugger. Do you know what? I looked at it and I was like, do you know what? I don't actually want to read this. It's like, it looks fine, but hmm. I don't know. Was it, was it, did I make the wrong decision? I think there were some interesting stories in there. As always with these uh, these one-shot anthology books, though, with just a bunch of different stories, it's kind of like that it's sum up to like uh, you know something that you really wanted. Um, well, well, that's the question, though. Is, is, is this worth the price? That's a, that's a hard thing to say for me. I, I, I'm someone who often feels like the standalone annuals and these kind of one shots with just anthologies, typically end up leave me feeling kind of mixed based on the mm. price. It'd be no, one thing fine. if it was like annual priced and you were getting like eighty pages of this stuff. It's another but, thing when it's like, well, what was this ten dollars? I think. I think it was ten. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there are some good stories in here. The first story is a, a man bat story, uh, where he's like trying not to become Man-Bat again. He, he's kind of seen Man-Bat in his head talking to him, like, go on, take the serum, go on, do it, you know you want me back. Uh, and he goes to see his wife, who is like, yeah, I've met someone, and he feels all upset, and Man-Bat's like, trying to convince him to take his serum, and ultimately, he's like, no, I'm not. You know why? I'm doing it for me. And that's kind of the end of the story. So, Fair enough. That was, that was, okay. That was one of the okay stories. Uh, which, who was this by? Because I, I didn't... Um, you didn't note them down. Well, because there was a lot of them. Well, there was, I, and if you'd noted them down, you'd have had it in your list. I didn't, yeah, I didn't even have the name in my list of the, the book, yeah, which exactly. is why I got missed. Uh, here's the title page here for the, the stories. Uh, yeah, so man, the Man Bat story was Kelly Higgins and Kelly Jones. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a pretty decent one. Uh, that wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, the Frankenstein Agents of Shade story, uh, Pieces of Me, uh, in which uh, he goes on a mission with uh, the bride, but when he gets back, she's actually got someone. Uh, Tim Seeley wrote that one. Cool. Uh, and that was a, a. Oh, I don't know how to say that name. Uh, Gissette Camincoli? Camincoli? Gissette? Giuseppe? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. 
Yeah, whatever. There's a solemn Grundy story uh, called Buried on Sunday. Uh, it's about Superman taking uh, one day of the year on the anniversary of his wife's death, uh, taking on Valentine's Day, taking him to the grave so he can give flowers to the to the stone. Even though Lois thinks it's dangerous, and John even thinks it's maybe dangerous, but he's like, "Nah, this, this we should do this." Like he should, you know, if 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 one day of the year I can make him make him make the right step, it's start because I, I think the way he phrases it is not like stopping a negative, but actually encouraging a positive. Uh, he wants to do that, so I mean, the idea was nice. It wasn't uh, amazing though. Uh, that was Merkhead um, Scott writing, and uh, Brian Hitch was on the art. So I, I didn't love that one. I mean, I liked the. The Frankenstein one was not bad. The Nocturnal Animals one, that was the Batman, the Man Bat story, uh, were pretty decent. Uh, uh, there's a Raven story called The Dead Can Dance uh, by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing uh, with uh, Avia Fernandez on the art. This is a pretty decent one. This was a uh, Raven goes to a haunted house call, like someone's called her because they've got a ghost, but the ghost is unfinished business. It's a teenager who died and basically wants a dance at the Valentine's dance and Raven has to dance with him at the end, the ghost. Of course. Uh, so it was a sweet little story, it was okay. Um, we have a dead man story called Be My Valentine, which was written by Paul Denny, uh, art by Gillan March. Uh, there's a kid, a young kid being bullied at school and he almost uh, jumps in front of a train. Or I don't know if he necessarily intentionally is trying to commit suicide, but he's running and he almost gets hit by a train. So dead man takes over that, the that's kid. That's two very different scenarios. It's because he's running towards the train, but he, I, 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 see, it's hard to find the pages with a book this big, so I'm not going to look for it. But yeah. uh, Dead Man basically takes over the kid and goes back to the school and confronts the bullies uh, by doing some, uh, you know, impressive jumping and whatnot. And at the end of the story, he he leaves the kid a Valentine's card saying, "Hey, this day will be a bit of a blur. You won't really remember it. If any of the kids ask you for your kung fu moves, just say you don't have anything to prove." Uh, Plus that that girl Sarah might like you, but he basically just like gives him a, a pep talk, and uh, the the Billy like is being beat up by his father because he finds bruises on his arms, so he kind of like, sets things in motion so the teachers will find out about it. Uh, again, it's an okay little story. Um, you had a Swamp Thing story called Heart Shaped Box. Mark Russell wrote that. Artist and colorist was uh, Fraser Irving. Uh, the art was the the best part of this for me. Um, I do like Fraser Irving quite a lot. Some of the faces were a little bit weird. But his swamp thing and the like, the swamp itself. Yeah, in my experience with Irving, uh, the, the facial expressions is is definitely not strong suit, but his atmosphere is yeah. usually fantastic. Yeah, it was a really dark atmosphere, and swamp thing just looks like it, it almost looks like eyes and a nose in the uh, in the green at points mm. where there wasn't like much shape to him, but it looked really atmospheric, as you say. Uh, he's got a new girl for Valentine's Day, and he's he's. Uh, it's called Terry, and he's, he's got a card for her, and he's like, kind of opening up. But as per usual, when he starts to like appear more, some soldiers come to try and like take him, and they shoot him. They're not intending to kill her, but the bullets go through him because they're, they're not like counting for the fact that he's you know not a solid object in the same way. He's you know he's planted yeah. through and through, uh, and she dies, and he. So it's a really sad Swamp Thing story, where once again, like being close to someone has led to her death, and as a punishment, he basically. Make sure the soldiers like will survive in like an endless like swamp, you know, forest forever. Mm. Uh, he'll make sure there's always food to eat on, and there's always stuff to keep them alive. But they'll just never get out. So it's, it's a really dark little story. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, we got a Steve Orlando written story. Um, this is the uh, the Mala and Brain story, which is why I was noting that they popped up in the other uh, the Titan story. 
Uh, it's basically they break into LexCorp because LexCorp has this new technology so that the brain might get like a cybernetic eye so it can actually see again for the first time. And you get like a flashback to the origin story where he was a scientist who looked after him and made him smart and then the accident happened that made him just a brain. So it's basically a love story between Mala and the brain. So it's kind of like a unique... I actually kind of like this one. Uh, and um, Maggie Sawyer's there uh, trying to talk him down from doing anything. Because like, they've, they've kind of broken him with guns and stuff and uh, it's like a, sort of like a big incident. But Maggie like sort of talks him down and lets them do it before the, the team come in and take them away at the end. Sounds alright. So that was an okay little story. It was, it was nice as well because it was like, you know, lesser known characters. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't say I knew a whole lot about the brain and Mala before that. Um... Yeah, the Eye Vampire story, which I'll be honest, like I don't know the characters that well. I didn't really. Did, did you not read Eye Vampire? I didn't read Eye Vampire, so you missed out. It was great. So they have kind of like, like uh, a romantic thing. They end up going back to the the tomb to have sex at the end, uh, and the, the, there's like a caretaker that showed them the crypt that they were in at the start. It turned out it was a trap to lure them there, uh, and yeah, I, honestly, I didn't get a whole lot out of this. This was uh, Elisa Whitney who wrote this uh, in the art by Stephanie Hans. Uh, and Stephanie Hans is a pretty good artist although there was one really weird face in this that bugged me a lot oh really? there was, one, like there was one face where the guy was kind of looking to the side and it felt like almost his face was like doing like a Picasso thing where it was like bending round a little bit it's just really? the, the direction of it was on it was really off for me but oh, that's strange uh, that was called The Turning of Deborah Dancer um, but hey so it didn't do much for me there was also a, an Etrigan story that didn't do a whole lot for me either uh, I feel like if you'd read this you'd probably uh, be able to explain this to me a lot more than it, than it was but he's like Perhaps. he's fighting in hell and he goes into hell because uh, the person he loved like became like a, a, a killer because they, they just tried to like hunt you know Jason Blood down uh, but all the sure. all, all the stuff that she got into ended up turning into a serial killer and uh, yeah so it's just kind of like a hell story like I say I'm not a big Etrian guy so it didn't really land for me super much yeah, yeah. but by anyone notable this one uh, this was uh, Phil Hester writing and uh, Mirko Kalak or Kolak on the art. Hester's usually pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, like I say, it was, it's kind of these things where I feel like if they'd had time to explain the concepts of this a little bit more for me, I'd probably been into it a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the hell stuff was kind of like, oh, I'm not really sure what's going on here because I'm, I'm not super into Etrigan, typically. No, uh, makes sense. And then the last story was a Creature Commando story uh, by James Robinson and an art by John McCrea. Uh basically they have like a mission at the start of the end but the main bulk of the story is basically just the the vampire and the wolf characters kind of uh, just having a heart to heart and talking about love a little bit and just being kind of weird and how the wolf has a thing for women with a little bit of facial hair and the vampire's like hey I like long necks (laughs) (laughs) of course it was okay it was kind of just like a fun little thing but these characters you don't see that often uh, Mm -hmm. doing doing their thing but that, that was it uh as a whole, it's kind of a weird mixed thing. Like, is it worth ten dollars? I don't know. Like, because it, it's again, all the shows, are, stories are short. A few of them I quite enjoyed. A few of them were okay, and then a few of them I just wasn't that into. Uh, you know, it's as always with these things. It's kind of a mixed bag. But I mean, the ones I liked, I liked quite a bit. So, yeah, no, fair enough. You know, um, yeah, the the Brain and Mallow one might actually be my favourite, which is I did not expect. Into I, no, it. I wouldn't have expected that. And the art in the swamp thing was probably my, my standout for the art, but that was. Uh, that was okay, okay. Um, uh, but hey so uh, but I guess that'll wrap the, uh, wrap up the show this was episode 91 I think maybe 92 of uh, the show 
So we're, we're inching to close to that milestone 100. Uh, let us know what you thought of this week's books in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all the usual stuff. Get us on the Twitters at DC Comics Podcast. You can get me at Wibble89. Connor's at ConnorRyan94 for individual Twitters if you want to talk to us about comics on there. Um, actually, we started a Mail Fuzz TV Twitch uh, channel this week. Um, which obviously it'll be me sometimes maybe me and Connor playing games on there at random times uh, but if you even if you don't care about games if you want to come and talk to us about comics you can There's, you, yeah. know, you can talk to us on Twitch live when we're oh, sitting also, playing also just worth pointing out the Black Panther review will be coming next week oh yeah uh, that'll be coming sometime late in Monday uh, me and Matt will be doing that it's, it's, it's not quite DC but it's relevant oh uh, yeah yeah obviously you might be interested in that um, I don't typically put the Marvel reviews the movie reviews on the audio feed for comments from the multiverse but you can find them on youtube uh, also the mail fuzz movies uh, audio feed as well if you want to find the audio versions of that but uh yeah so that's coming too that's a good point and that is otherwise us so thank you uh, obviously get us on patreon.com slash mail tv uh, in fact oh we should announce the winner uh, of the vote because we had a vote that's for this th- thing after thing you're remembering here. The, the monthly episode which uh, normally we just pick something but obviously we stopped doing the fifth week uh, trade so we let people vote on this one on patreon uh, and the winner uh, is teen titans by jeff johns uh, volume one the uh, that's the bigger trade that came out last year that's got like the first like 14 issues in it or something like that uh so that is what we'll be doing that'll be sometime in the next couple of weeks before the end of the month of course Obviously, I, I don't think either of us have read this before. Nope, this is a first for me. Uh, so this will be fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll have fun trying to recognise who this uh, Superboy-looking fellow is uh, that Max always goes on about. Um, but hey, and I'm sure Connor will crack some Starfire jokes, which I'm pretty sure that's only won the vote because people wanted you to be able to crack a Starfire joke or two. Uh, <laughs> right, well. uh, yeah, I was I was holding back then when you were talking about rec- not recognising someone. I'm like, is, is it Starfire? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, this, this is, uh, yeah, there you go. So uh, that, that'll be coming in the next couple of weeks. So that is us, and I am very hungry. It's time for food. So mm-hmm. thank you much once again for listening or watching. We always appreciate it. We love you loads. My keyboard's collapsing. Keep watching or keep reading DC Comics. You can tell I'm hungry. I'm starting to just fall apart. This is because from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast. We love you loads. We'll see you next time, and always remember never to get lost in the Speed Force. <laughs>